This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in, we're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Mega Man Radio. I'm your host, Shannon Davis. For those of you who are new to this broadcast, I want to uh, welcome you to the program. We're getting started a little bit early tonight. As a rule, we typically start the programs at about 8 p.m. Eastern Time every night, Monday through Saturday. Uh, but you know what? I'm thinking of um, doing uh, double shows now, maybe kicking off the programs a little bit early. I'm going to try some different times in addition to our regular time at 8 uh, to kind of fill out uh, when a, a good time zone might be for uh, a second show. So anytime we're going to do a little bit early show, we'll we'll alert you. Of course, we're going to have uh, our regular guest on every night, and we're going to be bringing more. As uh, as a new channel has just opened up, I set up a second account on Blog Talk. I'm calling it Omega Man Radio 2, number two. And it's going to give us an opportunity to um, to do more programs than ever before. You know how I like to do programs. Goodness gracious, we've uh, we've done about 240 at last count since we launched last June. So, uh, you know, my goal is to double and triple it. Just bombard the airways with spiritual warfare. We know the demons are getting angry at this program. You know, they hate the truth about deliverance because, you know, so few people have talked about it for the last 2,000 years that the enemy really has had his way. Destroying families, killing, stealing, destroying, as the word says, and you know, 
God is ramping up an end-time army. And it's just an exciting time to be alive. You know, there's no special anointing required to cast out demons. You just need to have one prerequisite filled, and that is to be a uh, Christian, to know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Then you've got all the authority you need. Now, do we recommend getting some basic training? Absolutely. Um, probably the better term would be on-the-job training because what you're going to find out is as you get in the battle and you get into your Word of God every day, the Lord will teach you. Uh, he'll teach you about the tactics of the enemy. We're going to be talking a little bit about that tonight. I'm going to be reading um, a selection out of a book that I'm reading right now called Demolishing the Host of Hell, Every Christian's Job. It's book number three by Wynne Worley. And we're going to read a little bit out of it tonight. And uh, I would encourage you to go over to wrwpublications.com and get the whole series. You know, book number one is called Diary of an Exorcist, Battling the Host of Hell. Number two was uh, Conquering the Host of Hell. And I'm reading book number three, which I think is book three of ten or eleven of them. It's called Demolishing the Host of Hell. And every time I pick up one of these books, I learn more and more. Of course, it's secondary reading to the Word of God, so... What I'll do is I'll read a, a chapter in the Word, and then I'll go read another book. Uh, number one, foremost, it should be the Word of God. But uh, once you've got your Word in for the day, get into some of these uh, deliverance books that were left behind by some of the great deliverance pioneers. These are men and women of God that gave their lives to see the captive set free, and they've uh, left behind a lot of great work that you can get up to speed really fast and uh, learn a lot and then go right to battle. Books like uh, War on the Saints by Jesse Penn Lewis, one of the books that apparently Win Worley read 11 or 12 times. Praise God. You know, just some exciting things out there that you can read. Well, um, so again, welcome to Omega Man Radio. Uh, we've got some exciting things planned. I believe God is getting ready to open up some new venues uh, I felt led today to start back up the YouTube channel. Uh, many of you who knew me from the old days, a year and a half, two years ago, uh, I started playing around with YouTube, and we had a couple hundred videos at one time there. And I haven't really done much of that in a long time. So I brought the little video camera with me on the road here. It's a Logitech C910, which will shoot in uh, HD widescreen. And so I was playing around with it today. You know, I just got uh, the desire to uh, get that going again. So I already started doing a little bit of filming. And you can catch that over at youtube.com slash Omega Man Radio. It'll be yet another uh, extension of the ministry. Well, how about we get this program started tonight in prayer? Let me get uh, this little reel cranked up, and then we're going to come back and get into the Word of God tonight. How about that? Here we go. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, we put you on notice. We bind you, you wicked power. We come against you from the third heaven. I'm seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, high above you, high above principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, high above world rulers, kings, princes, and every angelic rank. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke and bind you, and especially we bind you concerning the lives, the minds, and the bodies of these people who stand here. We rebuke you and every foul spirit that may still have a resting place somewhere in their uh, innermost being. We bind them. For these people have heard the call of God to dedicate and consecrate themselves to God, and you must flee and your host must be defeated utterly. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we bind every foul and wicked spirit 
that would bind body, mind, soul, any area of their life to keep it from being effective for the Lord. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we loose on these people the spirits of power, love, sound mind. We loose the spirits of wisdom, revelation. We will loose the spirits of courage. We loose the spirits of power over the enemy. And we loose all the spirits of God to do their office work in and through these people as they go forth. Moreover, we loose the spirit of Elijah to break the power of Jezebel on our land. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, uh, to loose the spirit of humility, the spirit of servanthood on everyone here. Let everyone be desirous of taking the place of a servant. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. Amen. And, you know, I couldn't think of a better introductory prayer. That was by uh, Pastor Wynne Worley. Still a powerful anointing on that. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of um, stuff that um, we have available to us as believers, but, you know, we live beneath our privileges many times. You know, my grandmother used to say, uh, and I refer to her as used to, she's still alive, praise God. I mean, if you've heard uh, Omega Gma, as I call her, Weedus Weber, uh, she says, um, I want to know the deeper mysteries of God. That's what she would tell me. And you know, those are available to us, folks. There is a deeper level you can go with the Lord, and uh, it just uh, it's all dependent on you. Do you hunger and thirst after righteousness? How much time do do we spend in the Word of God every day, studying to show ourselves approved? How much time do we pray? Do we fast? You know, these are three essential things that need to be part of every believer's uh, life, especially in these end times. And, um, you know, the more you love Jesus, you praise his name, uh, you worship in song, and um, you get into the Word of God start studying it, you know, don't be surprised when he starts uh, revealing the deeper mysteries to you. I mean, they're there for us. But, you know, God's not going to cast his pearl before the swine, so to speak. Um, you've got to dig in there, you've got to mine it from the Word of God, and you've got to really cultivate a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. More than a, a two-minute um, lay-me-down-to-sleep prayer at night. I mean, look, I'm preaching to myself, folks. I'm guilty. And the Lord's been dealing with me that that I need to get into his word. So let's start off in the word today. I hope you brought your uh, your sword with you, the word of God. You know, the sword is the offensive weapon, part of the, the armor uh, that he gives us in Ephesians 6, that you want to suit up, incidentally, in every day. In fact, I wear it all day, all night. And we're going to... Pick up the Word of God. My uh, personal preference is I like to stick with the King James Bible. I believe it's uh, it's uh, one of the best out there. It, it's been settled for over 400 years. And, you know, it's not subject to uh, infiltration by the New World Order, by the Illuminati, by the witches, the warlocks, by the New Age, where they could get in there and make subtle changes here and there. And next thing you know, you get 100,000 changes. That's what's happened. With a, lot, with a lot of the versions. And so this program isn't about uh, what version you read tonight, but I'm going to be reading from the King James. And you know what? I find it hard to memorize the Word of God if I'm jumping around to different translations. You know, yeah, there's some old English. There's maybe a hundred words that are not part of our common vocabulary, but get a thesaurus. You know, do some, do some word study. That's a problem that we see a lot here in America. Um, people don't have vocabulary any longer. People aren't reading. Look at all the kids. 
When was the last time your child read a book? You know, unless if they're, they've been ordered by the school teacher as part of a project, they're probably not reading a book. They probably played an Xbox or a PlayStation 3 game, though, or Nintendo, NES, whatever it is these days. The point is, is your vocabulary will increase as you read. And I've heard stories of people who uh, didn't even finish grade school, and they could barely read and write, but they would get in the Word of God, and they taught themselves to, to read and increase their vocabulary and got up to speed. So just an encouragement out there. At any rate, if you want to memorize the Word of God, you probably want to stick to one version, because it's going to be kind of tough. Uh, if you're jumping around, but anyway, let's get let's get right to it here. I'm going to be reading uh, from the gospel. Let's start with the the book of Mark. You know the the word of the Lord that came to me through a prophet some time ago is it said, "Speak my word." And you know, folks, uh, the word of God will not return void. I was uh, at a coffee shop the other day. Went up to the mall Sunday afternoon, uh, stretched my legs, and I invited a friend whom I hadn't seen in a while. And I invited him, and I said, hey, Steve, you know, come out and meet me. We'll, in fact, I'll pick you up in the taxi. Grabbed the taxi room, picked him up, and uh, we went up there and had some cappuccino, just sat and fellowshiped. And uh, this is a brother that needs the Lord. And I felt a burden to uh, witness to him. It was almost as, you know, I wasn't sure how many more opportunities I'd have to witness to him. And maybe I might be the only person that the Lord will ever put in his, his life. You just never know. That's why when you feel led to witness someone, don't hesitate. Because you could be just the, the person that could, uh, the Lord could use that would bring them into the kingdom. And so I witnessed to him, and you know I'm not a great, uh, I'm not a great uh, evangelizer. Okay, some people have got a ministry to get out in the street corners. You know, everybody's got their gift, and uh, I just was felt a little bit awkward. I said, how do I, how do I lead this brother to Christ? So you know what, I just, just started. Quoting some scriptures that came to mind. And that's one reason you want to get in the Word of God. You want to put it down into your into your system, write it on the tables of your heart, and when you need it, the Holy Spirit will quicken it to you. Isn't that amazing how that works? You may not understand it all, just put it into you. Put it into your memory banks of your, your computer, your mind, that the God gave us. They say we only use 10% of it. Isn't that interesting? Maybe because we haven't developed it like we should with the Word of God. Well, Let's get in the Word here. So I'm going to be reading from Mark. And by the way, let me do a sound check out there. Uh, I'm working off of a new Internet connection, so I hope this is uh, a lot clearer this week than last week. So anybody who's listening in the uh, the chat room, just give me a sound check. Let me know how I'm coming through. Okay, here we go. We're going to start Mark chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance, of the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin around his loins. And he did eat locust and wild honey. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. 
And straightway, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened, and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And we had, when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught, and they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left him, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. That's important. The reason he suffered not the devils to speak is because they knew him. And at that point in time, he didn't want them to disrupt his ministry. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said to them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. Now look at that verb, folks, cast out devils. You can't be out unless you were once in. <laughs> they were in the people, he cast them out. Very important. They weren't on the outside, okay? They were inside. If they were on the outside, he would have used some other verb, but they were in, so that's important. That tells you where the demons, the devils dwell, on the inside of a person. Where? In their flesh or in their soul? 
which is made up of your mind, will, and emotions. Not in your spirit, mind you. If, if you're a Christian, the devil and his demons cannot uh, enter in your spirit. That is sealed until the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit of God. In fact, there's a seal on it, and we know this because we've uh, made the demons confess it, look at it, and they don't like to read what's on there. It's sealed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Yahshua HaMashiach, if you speak Hebrew. Let's continue on. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and begun to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Now, that's very important. That, that concludes chapter 1 of Mark. Let me repeat that last verse. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. The importance of that verse right there is, that ties back in with the other verse, where Jesus, um, you know, the command of the demons to be silent, not to speak. Was that the, was that the, uh, the pace that he would continue at his whole ministry? No. In other words, was that the, uh, the rule of thumb? That he wouldn't allow demons to speak? No. But at this point in time in Jesus' ministry, he was trying to get out there and do work, and he knew that when the demons <laughs> started to speak, uh, they were going to try to disrupt uh, his work. And, you know, he ordered this man, he said, you know, that was healed of leprosy. You know, keep your mouth shut, go to the temple, offer the uh, the gift that is commanded over there in the Old Testament. You know, when you're healed of leprosy, you had to go and they would offer a gift and you'd re report and present yourself to the, the priest. And what happened is the man did not o obey what Jesus told him to do. In fact, he went out there and he was excited, I'm sure, and, and you know, couldn't wait to tell people. But what did it do in that particular case? It caused Jesus to no more openly be able to enter into the city. It caused him to have to go out because probably the masses were going to throng him, you know, and it was going to bring undue tension at that point attention at that point in time. Of course, later times Jesus would speak directly to the demons, ask them what their names, interrogate them, and you know, clearly uh interrogation was the rule of the day many times. But what people do is they'll pull that one verse out and they'll say, Well, that says right there that today we're not to speak to the demons or command them to speak. Well folks, they're pulling one verse out of context and they're building a whole doctrine around it and they're an error. But I just wanted to highlight that. We've got to have the full counsel of God before we start jumping to the wrong conclusions, you know. So let's keep going. And by the way, um, let me just make an announcement. If you would like prayer, the lines are open. And so uh, if you want to call in, 917-889-2745, I'll take your call. We'll pray for you tonight. Let's continue. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised 
that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born out of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the, the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him. And he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at the meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and the Pharisees used to fast. And they come and say unto him, Why did the disciples of John... And of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not. And Jesus said to them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else a new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he hadn't eaten and was hungered? He and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the shewbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him? And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Going to chapter 3. And he entered again into the synagogue, 
And there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he said unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew himself with the disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea, and from Jerusalem and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Now, folks, once again, the demons knew who Jesus were. Okay? And they would like to have disrupted his ministry. I don't believe they were privy to the fact that uh, redemption for you and I was, was going to come through, through crucifixion. But they certainly wanted to disrupt him. And that's why at various times he would rebuke the unclean spirits. But it wasn't as an example for us that would come how to do deliverance. Again, you can't take the word of God out of context. There are, again, other times where he interrogated the demons. But right there it tells you why, because he did not want these demons to make him known. You understand? Because it was just going to serve to disrupt uh, the ministry at various points there. Let's get back on the word. And he goeth up into a mountain, and they called unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve, that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach. And to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Very important. They were to go out, preach the gospel, heal the sick, and what? Cast out devils or demons. Cast them out. That means they were in the people. And Simon he surnamed Peter. And James the son of Zebedee and John the brother of James. And he surnamed them Boanerges which is the sons of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus and Simon the Canaanite. And Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into a house. And the multitude cometh together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said, He is beside himself. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath bells above, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him and said unto them in a parable, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. 
No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his goods. Verily I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Because they said, he hath an unclean spirit. Folks, that's a warning right there. To anybody out there who would preach that casting out devils in the name of Jesus Christ is doing the work of Beelzebub. You know, there's some self-righteous people out there that have learned the name of Jesus Christ in Hebrew, Yeshua. And now they'll come up to me and email me and they'll say, you know what? You better stop using the name of Jesus Christ because it, it has no power. Or it actually comes from the root of Zeus, or they'll make some crap up like that. And these aren't even Bible scholars, mind you. <clears throat> They've just heard someone else um, teach false doctrine. Or they read a book out there and by someone claiming to be a Bible scholar. Okay? And is out there uh, showing false doctrine, once again. And I have to always point them back to um, this verse where the Pharisees came, and as Jesus was casting out devils, they accused him of doing the work of Beelzebub. Folks, I, I tell them, I say, look, you want to commit blasphemy, the unpardonable sin, then continue on the line of accusation that you are. But I will warn you, you better be very careful. Because when you blaspheme, folks, there's no forgiveness for that. You don't attribute the works of the Lord Jesus Christ to the works of devil. Satan cannot cast out Satan, or his house will be divided. There is only one name written under heaven by which man might be saved, and that's the Son of Jehovah God. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ in English. Now, if you want to use his Hebrew name, Yeshua, that's between you and the Lord. I believe the Son of God is big enough to answer to his English or Hebrew name. But there is power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the perfect English translation of the Hebrew name of the Son of God. And when demons are cast out, that is being done by the name of Jesus Christ. It's not being done by Satan. So you want to blaspheme, then you say there's no power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now usually the people that um, would attack me in that wise, they shut their mouths because they realize that there are, they are in error. And really what they have is they have another spirit. They've got a spirit of legalism. They've got a spirit of uh, Phariseeism, spiritual pride. And again, I've already been down that road, folks. I know all what they're talking about. You know, I've I've listened to dozens of hours from some of the guys like Michael Rood, Monty Judah. You know, I've heard the arguments out there. And, you know, when exploring your messianic roots, the Hebrew roots, it's like a minefield. You've got to be very careful. You can fall right into a ditch and become bewitched. And the next thing you know... Your question, if the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're even throwing out the Word of God. You know, I've seen people bewitched, and we're actually on a mission right now to pull a couple of the brethren back into the battle who were taken down by tricks of Satan like that. Let there be no question about it. Let there be no mistake. The Lord Jesus Christ has power. That is the English name for the Son of God. And again, 
I don't have a problem if you want to use Yeshua, but I prefer to use the Lord Jesus Christ. Cast out demons every single day using his English name. I don't speak Hebrew, by the way. Do you? The Lord hasn't called us to speak Hebrew. We've got the we've got the the perfectly we've got the perfectly preserved Word of God in the in the form of the King James Bible. That's good enough for me. I speak English. And if your name is John, I don't need to go out there and use your Hebrew name and start calling you Yakanan or call you Juan. Your name is John. I'm an American. You're an American. I'll speak English to you. I'll call you John. Jesus Christ is big enough to answer to his English name. Believe me. And there's power in that name. So I guess I've said enough on that. But uh, the point I'm trying to make here is um, deliverance is a miracle. Okay? It's done through the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't cast demons out by any other name than the Son of God. He is the only one who has power to cast out demons. And as a believer, he's given you the keys of the kingdom. He's given you the authority to cast out demons in his name. Do I hear an amen out there? By the way, I need someone to give me a sound check. I'm uh, doing this on a Skype phone, and I'm hoping that uh, the Internet connection is strong tonight. So, yeah, what we've done here is we've read uh, three chapters from the Word of God. Give yourself a clap. Praise the Lord. We've got some word in us tonight. Amen? If you didn't get any word today, well, if you were just tuning in, we went through some word. Now let's jump over to a book called Demolishing the Host of Hell, Every Christian's Job by Wynne Worley. And I'm going to be reading a little chapter. It's called Tactics to Win the War. Here we go. I am convinced more and more of the impossibility of the deliverance war being won by closet sessions and private appointments. In the New Testament, demons were cast out on the streets and in the meetings of the believers with no attempt to hide or conceal what was going on. There is no indication that the events were private affairs. Deliverance from evil spirits is not a limited or restricted field. More and more it becomes apparent that the only way the war is to be won is to arouse the whole body of Christ to march against the enemy encamped within the walls of the city. In order for workers to be raised up and trained, they must witness the manifestations of demons being cornered and learn about the enemy. We believe that audiovisual lessons backed by Scripture are among the most potent of the weapons we have in teaching the people how to go on the warpath against the satanic forces. Many are distressed and say that such displays would disrupt the worship and the sweetness of the services. I say, if it can be interrupted by a New Testament ministry, let it rip. It must be made of sterner stuff than cannot be disturbed by valid ministry. There will be far more to worship and praise God for after deliverance, I assure you. A lot of hypocrisy and shallowness will be washed out of the church when deliverance comes. By its very nature, uncovering the nest of rottenness and evil, the demons have built into Christian lives. The ministry is a very humbling thing. It does much to disperse pride and arrogance from those who imagine themselves to be super spiritual. We're all rotten clay and very susceptible to the inroads of the enemy, and just closing our eyes and pretending they're not there will not make the demons go away. In fact, they will only be getting stronger and bolder. If only a select few, rather than those who believe, Mark sixteen seventeen, become involved in casting out evil spirits, there will be no massive army of fighters entering the fray. Interesting. Jesus gave marching orders to the entire church to take up the weapons of spiritual warfare and attack the enemy. 
The only hope to stem the awful tide of supernatural wickedness is sweeping almost unchecked throughout the land to raise up thousands of workers. They must be trained to attack the enemy with as great as ferocity as the satanic forces are using on us now. People worry about the effect on babies and young children coming up in a fellowship with, which practices deliverance. I can assure you that they are exposed to more dangerous spiritual forces at school, at home, or in the neighborhood, and I'll add on Xbox and PlayStation, <laughs> than at the church practicing deliverance. In a fellowship with experienced teams, there is little likelihood of demons attacking anyone. They are much too busy defending themselves. With workers who understand binding and loosing, there is more protection there than any other place. Baby Christians take to deliverance easily, and unless it is explained away, they really relate to it enthusiastically. In fact, in our church, the children are not afraid, but eagerly assist in the deliverances. To surround the work of deliverance with some sort of spiritual mystique that only the deeply initiated can do helps to form class lines. We like to throw young babes into the battle, and they thrive on this. They are teamed with older, more experienced workers, but in a surprisingly short time, they are capable of leading the attack on the spirits, as well as acting as a reinforcement and backup to other workers. Teamwork is essential. There are no stars in the battle other than the Lord Jesus Christ. To critics who warn of the dangers inherent in such a program of training, I reply that all spiritual endeavor involves risk and danger from the enemy. Being involved in this work has generated more enthusiasm in believers for Bible study, prayer, witnessing, and soul winning, and other forms of spiritual growth than anything I've seen in over 31 years in pastorates. Now, that was uh, when war was preaching. And by the way, I'm, uh, I'm doing a live program tonight. I want to welcome you aboard to the early edition of Omega Man Radio. Tonight's Tuesday. We continue. Deliverance is a body ministry in which everyone who believes can participate. At first, newer workers will have to defer to those more experienced. But as the gifts of the Holy Spirit definitely begin to operate on demand, even in babes, the Holy Spirit who taught the experienced workers can, can and does teach the babes also. People needing help must come to the services and admit they have need of help by presenting themselves for prayer. In a deliveratory to church, there is no stigma in this, for it is accepted as normal and necessary. In our fellowship, it is common for 15, 20, or even more deliverances to be proceeding simultaneously. Let me take a sip of the Omega Man coffee here. Ah, Rico. In our fellowship, it is common. Uh, wait a minute, we said that. With each person, two or more workers quietly find the source of the problem and force the demons to manifest and leave. Whoa, there you go. There is, in this open situation, an amazing amount of prophecy for the individual. Each group is intent on that, the person they are seeking to help and are scarcely aware of what the next group is doing. In this situation, the combined pool of spiritual gifts, power, and energy available to attack the enemy is imposing. If a group needs help, there are always other reserve workers ready to move in and reinforce and strengthen the lines drawn up against the enemy. <laughs> Megabucks. I do not minimize the need for training and experience for workers. However, where are they going to get necessary equipping for the job? I ask you folks that out there right now. Obviously, they must get into the battle, and I believe that the training can be done most rapidly and efficiently within the framework of the local assembly of believers. We put interested newcomers in a team with one or more experienced workers in a short time 
they will become efficient, effective workers. In meeting across the country, I have seen groups of workers raised up in an amazingly short time. This will build an eager army who will not shrink from battle, but rather thrive on it. If your soldiers are to be constantly at war, they must derive real satisfaction and enjoyment from the battle. Otherwise, they will burn out. That's real true, folks. Deliverance workers get to see the fruit of their labors come to pass, and this is great incentive to work and to grow personally. I'm reading from Demolishing the Host of Hell, Every Christian's Job. That was by Wynne Worley. You can get this book up on wrwpublications.com. This was a book, folks, he wrote back, I believe, around 1978. Now, this was 32 years ago, 33 years ago, before the uh, the Internet was available. There was a form of the Internet back at that time called ARPANET that was available to uh, Department of Defense personnel, but uh, it wasn't like we have today. There was no World Wide Web. And, you know, had Wynne Worley been alive today, even... Uh, into the late 90s when the World Wide Web really took off. I think it was around 95, 96 when it kicked off. Um, I am sure he would be doing a, a program with us here on Blog Talk Radio. Praise God. And you know, folks, he said something very important there. It's important to demonstrate deliverance. Why? Well, shall we count the ways? I mean, number one, it shows people the reality of deliverance. Okay, it shows you that demons are real. You can hear them scream. You can hear them talk. You know, demons will say some of the funniest things sometimes. You, there's a lot to learn through interrogation of the demons. Yes, they can be forced to tell the truth. God loves to see the enemy humiliated, and you know they hate it, especially when you know a piece of dust. You and I get up there, and we're able to. Uh, Bind them and loose them. And, you know, we'll, we'll tell us what they say. We'll, we'll say, well, that answer stand in the judgment, or I want you to repeat that back to the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't lie to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. So, um, yes, you can get very gain, uh, useful information out of the enemy. It's done in all wars. And we're in a war, folks. Unlike any other, I, I would tell you. Because this is a war for men's souls, minds, spirits. And so um, when you can see deliverance, either firsthand in a, in a church setting like Hegelish Church, one of the other uh, deliverance ministries out there, or you can hear it live over radio, you see the reality that spiritual warfare is real. You see that demons are real. You can hear them. You can see them. You also learn how they get in. You learn the devices of Satan, how they trap people, how they hook them. How they took them down. You can see the penalty for sin. How generational curses are brought into family lines. A lot to be learned. And also, you get a chance to uh, get trained on the job, especially if you know you're, you're praying with people. You get to exercise the authority Jesus Christ has given you. If you just command a demon to be bound and gagged, come on, what are you going to learn from that? You certainly won't learn uh, how it got in if it doesn't want to leave and it has a legal right to be there, how are you going to get a demon out if it has a legal right to be in there? If God allowed the demon to come in because of a generational curse or sin, and he sends the tormentors to you, how then are you going to get them out unless you first break that curse? You get the person to confess the sin. 
That is why, that is why interrogation is so essential. Okay? If you don't hear anything coming out, good chance nothing came out to begin with. Now, I'm not going to uh, argue with you. If uh, if you don't like the, the way we, we do deliverance, which was the way Jesus did, then you go take it up with him. Ask him to show it to you firsthand. Go practice on your family. Really, deliverance should start in your own family. We all got uh, family that need to be delivered. Go pray for them. Command the demon to manifest. God will show you a thing or two. <laughs> I will guarantee it. If you honestly want to learn to do the Lord's will, he'll teach you. He's got to have an open heart. The problem is a lot of churches do not want to preach deliverance because the pastors themselves need deliverance. They're not walking in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't have any real authority that's being uh, demonstrated. You know, they've got the message, but they don't walk with the, the signs and wonders. That's why people are moving into things like uh, the occult, witchcraft, and Islam. Because the church is devoid of much of its power, because there's powerless workers running the churches. They don't believe in the power of God. Or they're not interested in upsetting their income stream. It's sad to say, but it's true, folks. So Omega Man Radio has a mission, and it is to demonstrate deliverance. It's to teach spiritual warfare, to train a deliverance army, and to get a people equipped and then send them forth. Do what Jesus did. Cast out demons. Lay hands on the sick. Speak in tongues. Preach the gospel. So hear an amen out there. Praise the Lord. Yes, indeed. Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour, and um, I want to uh, make a couple announcements um, before we go into the second hour with Pastor John Gogan. Uh, we've got a, a YouTube channel up. It's simply Omega Man Radio. I've got a lot of videos up there that uh, are quite old, actually, from stuff before I was called into the ministry to do deliverance, and uh, had a lot of fun with it, joked around a lot, but uh, we're going to get real serious in the videos that go forth, and uh, hoping to bring... Uh, yet another um, means to bring in people into this deliverance army. A lot of people use YouTube, so you can check out our cha channel there. Subscribe to it free. I bump on Facebook, Omega Man Radio. Official website, OmegaManRadio.com. And uh, if you'd like prayer tonight, we're going to open up the phone lines. We open up the phone lines every night, and if you need prayer, we'll always make ourselves available to pray with you and see what the Lord will do. You're being tormented by demons? Call in. We'll cast the demons out in the name of Jesus Christ. And, if, and you know, get the get the process started. And if you can't uh, call in during a live show, email us. What we've been doing since uh, about a week ago is we'll call people up. Some of you we've already called, and we're going to call back again. And we start working with people offline, and we cast out the demons in Jesus' name. We minister. We'll send you material. Put you in touch with a network of people. If you're up in the Canada area, uh, I would recommend you get in touch with Pastor John Franklin, his wife Brenda, of the Church of Healing, Salvation, and Deliverance. Uh, Pastor John Franklin comes on every fr Monday night. If you're up in uh, New York State, there's a Gopi Bible Fellowship with Pastor John Gogan, gopibible.org. Uh, Chicago, Pastor James Mobley. If you're in uh, Indiana area, of course, the Capital for Deliverance, Hegelish Baptist Church with 
Pastor Michael Thier, pastor of Hegewish Church, uh, California. We've got Monty Mulkey, West Church, West Coast Church of Deliverance. In Montana, there is uh, Pastor John Kyle, also a pastor, Ray Wishman. And uh, those are just to name a few. Uh, we're, we're getting more uh, links put up directly to these uh, ministries in the days ahead. And, you know, if you want to get, uh, excuse me, last but not least, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, welcome aboard uh, Mega Man Radio. Uh, Pastor Charles Costello, he's in New Jersey, the uh, Ministry of Salvation. He's on every uh, Saturday night with us at 8 p.m. That's New Jersey. Folks, God's doing some great things. Um, on Omega Man Radio, and uh, we thank everyone that uh, tunes in. We ask you to keep us in your prayers. We ask you to uh, spread the word and uh, write in and let us know what you'd like to see happen on this program. If you've got some special guests you want to see interviewed, send me a link to them. We'll try to get them on. We're going to be doing a second show uh, very soon and bringing on some additional guests in addition to our battery of pastors that we do the 8 o'clock program with every every night and so uh love to hear from you megamanradio.com and we got a prayer request came in from roberta father god i just lift her up right now i bind the strong man and everyone listening out there right now and roberta and you foul wicked spirit of infirmity that is attacking her causing pain in her right arm we just bind you in the name of jesus christ and i command you to loose her arm and let her go the lord jesus christ rebuke you you foul wicked spirit causing pain. Come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose the angels of God to go in and do battle. Angels of God start sorting that spirit, chop the tails off of the scorpion spirits that may be stinging her arm. Command you foul, wicked spirit and me to come out of her and go to where Jesus sends you. And I command all you other foul spirits to be bound and gagged in cages until you manifest and come out in deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just pour the blood of Jesus over our sister right now. Well, folks, we're up at the uh, top of the hour. We're going to get this second show started, so uh, get a refill in your coffee, tell a friend, and uh, we'll be back with Pastor John Gogan after this song and these announcements. God bless everyone, and uh, see you again here on the second hour. All right, and welcome back to Omega Man Radio. This is hour two of uh, tonight's broadcast. We're going to be welcoming uh, Pastor John Gogan on tonight. And every Tuesday night, uh, Pastor John is... Uh, Pastor of Agape Bible Fellowship. His website is agapebible.org. You can reach him via email at pj, that's Papa Juliet Servant, PJ Servant, at AOL.com. And uh, for those of you who are new to Omega Man Radio, welcome aboard. I hope you will uh, participate in our chat room. It's a free chat. Just go in and select a username and you can come in there and meet some friends, new friends, old friends. Uh, makes the, the show a lot more fun. It's a rallying point. Uh, it's almost like a virtual church, if you want to call it that. It reminds me of uh, growing up in the church. You know, I look forward to Wednesday night, get out there, meet some friends, hear the word of the Lord, uh, build some godly soul ties, and that's what we hope to do here on Omega Man Radio. Network people. Get them in the battle. Equip them with the word of God to get out there and march against the host of hell. Because, folks, they're coming for you and I. You can hide your hand in the head in the sand, just like an ostrich. 
But that didn't save the ostrich, would it? Just makes him an easier target. The only way to defeat a bully is to stand up to him. And that's what Satan is. Of course, he's got teeth. Let there be no mistake about that. But no weapon formed against thee shall prosper, and greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. So we've been given teeth too, the word of God. And we've been given authority to tread on these serpents and scorpions and to triumph over all the works of the enemy. You've just got to exercise the authority. You can't have a spirit of fear. You can't be a coward and make it into heaven. The fearful will not enter into heaven. You've got to fear the Lord God, and he, he alone do you fear. You don't need to fear the enemy, though. You do need to be equipped. You need to have a healthy respect for the power of Satan, because he's out there. He can hurt people. But you know what? You don't have to fear him, and you've got to understand that we've got armor we can put on. We can call the angels of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to assist us in the warfare. Of course, the Lord is looking out for you and I. God's got your back, okay? That's why he gives you armor that will protect your front. He wants you to walk forward, and he'll cover your back. Just remember that. And God likes to humiliate the enemy. <laughs> That's why we like to interrogate the enemy, make him scream, give up information. Make them get on their knees and confess the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord. Make them confess that... Uh, Make them confess they've been defeated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on and on we can go. But uh, let's get Pastor John on before I start preaching again. Hey, Pastor John, how are you tonight? Brother Shannon, good evening. And uh, it's a wonderful Tuesday evening up here in East Aurora, New York. And I, uh, it's just good to be back on, on the air again with you. And I was listening to part of the... Uh, part of the... Um, program that began at 7 o'clock, and of course, past few minutes, you've been sharing some things, so I hardly, amen, agree. I can't disagree with uh, Pastor Worley on demolishing. It's some good information there, isn't there? Man, it is, and uh, I'm excited to be reading the series. I'm on book three, and um, uh, John... Give us some updates. Uh, you all just had a conference this past weekend. How did that go? Yeah, Brother Shannon, it, it went exceptionally well. We had a great turnout, and um, it was in Richmond, Virginia. I, it was probably some of the worst uh, demonic attack that I ever experienced uh, relative to my own uh, physical well-being. And, uh, in fact, that of my wife, Kathy, as well, we were... Uh, quite uh, quite frankly, as sick as dogs, beginning Tuesday, and uh, could barely function. And I mean, you know, they say when you're drowning in cold water that it 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 feels like a thousand needles coming through your skin. And uh, though it wasn't quite as bad as drowning in Titanic temperature water. I'll tell you the uh, the needles in the skin on a more moderate level uh felt like that as well as uh, just uh, hit with fever and uh, other other infection problems and what was neat is again God's grace got us through it and we not only made it down there but also plowed 
through, and I, I'm convinced it's one of the reasons, Brother Shannon, the enemy is successful at times in hitting us, uh, whether through physical infirmity or whether, uh, you know, some other format, some other avenue, trying to frustrate, discourage, etc. Because uh, God allows it to teach us to strength, to, to um, rely on his strength. You know, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And uh, also just to learn uh, that, you know, as you said just a few moments ago, you know, we are in a battle. And uh, as I mentioned down in Virginia uh, at the meetings, that whoever said that Satan was defanged at the cross hasn't read their Bibles because <laughs> that's, that, right. that's not what it says. In fact, uh, the Bible teaches, you know, Peter's, Peter's pretty clear when he says that the devil prowls as roaring lying, seeking whom he may devour. I guess you'd have to cross out that word, Brother Shannon, right? Seeking whom he may gum. The because, last time I looked up devour, that means he ate somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, devour is a pretty strong word. And, of course, anyone who knows lions knows they're right before they're ready to pounce on their prey and and, and devour their prey. They roar. So um, there, there's a reason why they're called the king of the jungle and why they're so feared by many of the animals, uh, many in the animal kingdom. And... Especially if you if you come across a pride, which I think again is intriguing, that the word for their group is pride, um, and why Satan by Peter is is termed as a roaring lion. But uh, as I said, uh, we made it through, and the meetings were well worth it. Uh, praise God! After the meetings, we got some good deliverance for ourselves. Uh, some of the you know core remnant group. And uh, with the host family, Ike and Barbara Rock are very close friends of mine and, and long-distance members of Agape Church there in Richmond and also who hosted the meetings. And it was just a real uh, real blessing. I will say that uh, the demons manifested in me, uh, both infection spirits as well as uh, spirits of death. I had ten spirits of death attacking me from within and they did say that they were sent out by one of the witch covens, or I shouldn't say one, I should say uh, probably a combination of, of, of several. And that uh, sadly, uh, and I don't say it with glee, of course, I say it with just the opposite, that they indicated that a, a baby had been sacrificed to stop me. God, have mercy. Uh, any idea, John, where this coven is located? What part of the country? Uh, brother, it, 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 they're, they're in they're in um, in Virginia. I do know that. Over every state, brother Shannon. Good question. Apparently, from what we're you know putting all the pieces of the proverbial puzzle together, there's a council of thirteen. Thirteen's the occult number, of course. Right. It is is an occult number, and of course, uh, it's it's. Um, uh, these, these are 13 representatives from covens that meet. We know there's one in Newark, New Jersey. When I've had meetings in New Jersey, I've been attacked by by them uh, rather vociferously. And uh, I have a feeling there's one over every state. And there could be a council of 13, you know, over you know over the entire world. Who knows? However, 
representatives from from all major countries, so to speak. But in this case, it was a Council of 13 there in the Virginia uh, area because I was in their state, in in a sense, the territorial spirits, and was attacking. But you know, brother, it was worth it. And uh, when I got deliverance Saturday night after the meetings, well, you know, again, wanted to spend the bulk of my time praying with others and uh, teaching and sharing and so forth that uh, it, it felt uh, so much better afterwards. But, boy, I'll tell you, they sent they, they indicated they sent this stuff against me on Monday, and that's when I started going downhill. But I had so much work I needed to get done. And uh, my, both my wife and myself, but we were dragging. We were really hurt and barely able to sleep at night and just get the rest we need. And uh, But, again, God's grace and mercy. And uh, the meetings were really good. The questions were just phenomenal. And the, the flow of the Holy Spirit was was uh, profound. And, and I don't know how the Lord bests himself, Brother Shannon, but he did it again. And uh, as usual... This was kind of an introductory time for you know people very very new to the full gospel ministry. So uh, though there were some old timers there and some some of my people came down uh, here from East Aurora, we ended up uh, just experiencing a great uh, mini workshop, is what I call them. They usually end up being Friday night and then uh, Saturday in the morning about eleven all the way to I think we finished up about five o'clock. By the time the last person got prayer and and the last question was answered, uh, so it was a good, uh, it was a very good, I should say, time. And these uh, these meetings usually are very profitable. And when people make sacrifices to to come to them, it's amazing how you know God just reaches out and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, his son frees and just, uh, it seems like just God sacrifices a lot in order to uh, just show how much that he appreciates it when we sacrifice for him and his kingdom. Amen to that. Yes, indeed. Um, John, have you found any uh, offensive weapons that we can use against the witches' covens? Now, I know that uh, we can return the curses. Back to the original demonic center, and I certainly do that, and I don't have a problem even cutting silver cords. I put the witches and warlocks on regular notice. If you're going to try to astral project against me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut your silver cord, and you may not make it back to your body, so better not to even try it. But I'm talking beyond that. Uh, when I asked you where these covens were, let's say I wanted to target one in the spirit realm, okay? And... Uh, pray against it so it could be shut down. What can we do? Have you come up with any um, weapons that we could use against them? Can we loose the angels to go and do battle? Uh, can we curse their finances? What can we do? Well, you know, it's um, it's very practical things. One of the things Pastor Worley taught us that we can do is, like, you know, you're, you're going past these places where they'll read, uh, they'll do tarot card readings, for instance, psychic places, um, they'll be advertising as, as psychics and do divination in your presence by either looking at your hand and or looking at the bottom of your feet or in your irises, in your eyes, uh, iridology, or, again, tarot cards and so forth. 
two things we can do. Number one, we can loose the curse of poverty onto the place. You know, there's a place here at East Aurora. It's a very new age conscious town. Yes. Uh, and village, and there's a there's a yoga place. So I'm passing there, and uh, heading outside the village of East Aurora, I will, as the Holy Spirit leads, loose the curse of poverty against this yoga place. That's you know again just <laughs> almost like a like a candy machine handing out Kundalini spirits, and uh, so I will. I will do that, and then also you can, uh, you know, lose the curse of poverty. And then number two, you can also, uh, and obviously, uh, loose angels to attack, to break off the chains of command. Okay. Uh, in the heavenlies over the location. And I mean perpetually. I don't mean just, you know, once for ten minutes, but I mean do it perpetually. I mean just lose those angels until they're, they, the, the demons get so tired of fighting that they just, it just wears them out. And, of course, I'm not sure, sure how long we can go beyond a day at a time, but at least, uh, you know, it's beyond, as I said, five or ten minutes, uh, maybe for an entire 24-hour period. I do know that, uh, you know, I think we see a pretty clear model in Scripture that Jesus says, you know, a day at a time, a day at a time, give us this day our daily bread. Um, so, Let me propose this. Yeah, let's look at, uh, for example, the state of Massachusetts. We know that uh, Salem, Massachusetts, yep. definitely a lot of witchcraft down there. I heard some say one in ten people are witches. I wouldn't doubt it. Maybe more than that. Um, there are definitely some uh, very high-profile witches' covens in that state. Uh, as I, you know, as I uh, come across people that have come out of the occult, I like to try to debrief them and find out what they can tell us about the. Uh, the structure of the uh, the covens across the country and world. Hopefully we can get some information we can use against the enemy. And that's another reason, folks, we like to interrogate demons, because we want to find out some more about the command and control structure in Satan's kingdom so we can use it against him. But back to the example I was going to paint here, John. Let's say we uh, we had the name of a coven there, had some information on it. I wonder if we can loose the angels of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to encircle that coven and just start attacking the demons. And anything that tries to come in or out, talking about the demonic spirits, to just to sort them. Maybe we could bind and cage the foul spirits in these witches and warlocks. Uh, like you said, bind and cage the principalities that, uh, that are operating over those cities. If we were to do this every day, um, they would probably just drop and go away, wouldn't they? Well, or at least they'd get the impression and get the message that instead of coming against us and sending out those demons against us, that next time they're going to have a second thought and a third thought and a fourth thought about it, won't they? Well, amen to that. Um, you know, I've heard even people would put, I don't know, a dome of the blood of Jesus or a tent of the Holy Spirit. I haven't found the source of that yet, but um, maybe it's one of the Winworldly books, but you put that over the coven and any any curse that's been sent out, commanded to bounce back and hit those demons in Jesus' name? There is a, uh, there's a in one of Pastor Worley's warfare prayers, and again, it's um, such a great and practical warfare prayer booklet. But in Binding and Loosing Spirits, uh, there's actually a, um, 
paragraph in there. I'll read it. It says, I ask you, Lord, to send forth your protecting warrior angels over each ceremony, covenant, words from warlock, so that no curses and demons can emerge or be sent. And in Yeshua's name, let those that love cursing, uh, let it return back unto them, in terms of, obviously, those spirits that are just getting these people uh, motivated and, and and energized in order to come against uh, you know the Christians. So there is a prayer called binding and loosing spirits, and it does take care of a lot of the witchcraft as a uh, specific warfare prayer. And of course, um, it, uh, it 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 is. It, it, what's nice is it gives it provides the terminology that is that is successful and that we've been using over many years now and uh again while the warfare prayers of pastor Worley's pastor Monty Mulkey's those are the two basic ones main ones that I use um and as you learn the terminology you're able to uh, really fire back at these uh, at these things, there's also a New Age prayer in the back, and uh, to come against the New Age spirits and a lot of the New Age hierarchies, and um, you know, from the Illuminati, you know, Trilateral Commission, One World Government, and all these things. And also, we've got some some free warfare prayers that we have available when people come to our conferences, our workshops. And they can, uh, you know, snatch those up and incorporate those. But, uh, brother, I agree. We've got to get on the offensive. We've got to go after and pursue. And uh, if we don't, then, you know, we can't complain when when we are indeed victimized and, you know, the enemy blows us away. And uh, in our case, as I said, you know, one of the ways Pastor Wynn uh, put it is uh, you're sitting there and you're, in your recliner chair and uh you know you're reading your bible or just thinking on on the lord meditating chewing on some scripture let's say and all of a sudden this brick comes flying through the window and whack gets you right in the forehead yes and, and you look up and there's a nice hole in the window a brick size <laughs> and there's a you kind of feel your head after you uh, as I usually do when I have uh, some bouts of pain or similar experiences, I just kind of cover it immediately with the blood of Jesus, a la the H.A. Uh, Maxwell White's book, Power of the Blood. And, you know, you're, you're kind of upset. Lord, you know, what? why'd you let that happen? What, what's going on here? The angel's asleep at the switch? Um, is your power not enough? What's? I thought we had authority, et cetera, et cetera. So you've been asked to... And, and, you go over the window and look, and as you're gazing, you see outside this huge front-end payloader, and it's loaded with bricks. I mean, the entire front is just one huge pile of bricks, and they had, each of them has your name on it. And the Lord's powers and the angelic protection stopped them, and one brick, because of the inertia, uh, flew, so to speak, and it came right through the window and hit you in, in the head. But if you could only understand what the enemy really wanted to send you away and what they were planning on on uh, doing to decapitate you, so to speak, while you're sitting there in the chair and kill you, totally uh, 
then you know you're not as upset because you know only one brick was allowed through. Amen to that. Uh, praise God for the the warrior and guardian angels that He'll put around the people. And folks, um, you need to actually um, loose them every day in the name of the Lord Jesus to do their work too. Amen. I mean, you know, I like to loose them to surround my family. Um, I like to cover my family with the blood of Jesus. I like to unloose them at night to surround the apartment where I live, stand guard, and uh, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That request goes up to heaven. God rubber stamps it approved, and out the angels go to carry out the task. You know, John, I, uh, before we get on to tonight's message, um, i tell you something I just did the other day is I said, God, I need some more favor for this program. I need you to open up some doors, open up some ears, bring some people in to listen. Uh, that may not have known about it otherwise, uh, you know, open some new doors of opportunity and unloose the angels of God to create favor. <laughs> and I was on Facebook and I think I had 20 new friends within a few couple of hours. It's like never happens that way. They're just coming out of everywhere. And, you know, I'd say, wow, where are all these people coming from? I believe God did exactly what I prayed for and loose, loose favor, you know, through the angels to go out and create favor in Jesus' name. So, Folks, we don't. We live beneath our privileges. We have no conception, really, of until we get, get looking into the Word of God and start putting it to work. Uh, what is available to us to those keys of the kingdom that we've been given? So, amen. amen. Yeah, and you know one th- one thing we got to remember. We have to always factor in, brother. You know, Jesus was clear that if you you know if you remain in Me and My Word re- remains abides in you. You will ask what you will, and it should be done unto you. So there's a there's a condition. Um, One nineteen. It's it's kind of the same thing. Amen. And the problem is, is that when it comes to obedient lifestyles and and living a life of holiness, uh, brother, there's a there's a people kind of kind of lose their sight of that, and then they wonder why they're not as effective against the enemy as they need to be, and that's because they, uh, you know, they're not living the life. Again, you remain in me, my words remain in you. Then you will ask what you will and shall be done unto you. Yes. And that's why, uh, you know, when you're battling the enemy, and I mean intensely, they're going to look at you with a fine-tooth comb, and uh, and and a microscope, and any open doors that exist, I'm telling you right now, brother, those doors had better be closed because if they find a claw width, I mean a claw or a whisker width, they're going to blow that thing wide open, and that's uh, that's one kind of reason I caution people, brother, and anyone listening, especially any of the brethren. And sister, and that you know, make sure you're living uh, close to Jesus. Because if you're not, uh, you need to sit back and take inventory in your life and find out what those open doors are before you go any further. Because the enemy is going to, you know, if you're doing what we're telling, encouraging, which would pe- all Christians, brothers, should be doing. Uh, you can't be sleeping around. You can't be cheating here, going over there. You can't be uh, drinking and drugging, That's right. and uh, and expect not to get uh, not to get walloped. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna wallop you, and God's gonna use it in your life because if you truly are born again, 
uh, you know, Scripture says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Amen. Satan will try to exploit uh, any open door he can to take you down. And and so we've got to be on guard, stay covered in the blood of Jesus, and be quick to repent if we commit sin. And, uh, you know, we've got to be in motion. Uh, and let, that leads into tonight's sermonette, the dangers of slothfulness. Talk, let's talk about that. What's the Lord put on your heart in that area? Amen, brother. I, uh, did you uh, open in prayer? or let's, uh, I'm, let's going to, can... I'm going to turn the microphone over to you at this time and uh, take it. Amen. Brother, I need your faith, so uh, pull your faith with me. In fact, anyone listening as well. Father God, as we indeed pull our faith, we thank you that we can come boldly into your presence. And Father, as we stand before you, the Ancient of Days that Daniel talks about, that Revelation talks about, we uh, do it respectfully, boldly, yet humbly. And we thank you that because we are covered with the blood of Yeshua, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the everlasting covenant, that we can stand unashamedly and we can petition your throne. Uh, as we turn to our left and, Father, to your right hand into the, the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ, we uh, also, Lord Jesus, thank you for your great faithfulness. Thank you for your uh, being our able high priest. What a high priest you are. We have one high priest, and we are so appreciative of your ministry as our high priest. And we thank you for bringing your blood there into the third heaven and putting it onto the original uh, laver and, 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 and ultimately the, um, the uh, very Ark of the Covenant itself and under the mercy seat, and we know that that blood is still effectual and saves to the uttermost. And uh, we bind the strong man over OmegaManRadio.com. We bind every wicked spirit that would attack voice and related any electronic equipment, whether any kinds of transmission equipment, computers, phones, lines, Skype, internet as well as anyone, or the equipment of anyone listening and going to listen later even in the program to tonight. And we, uh, we just loose angels right now over every home, over every future place, even when archived, that people will listen. And we bind the strong man over and within each person listening down to the lowest demon of rank part form, and we just loose into us the seven spirits of God, as well as power, love, and a sound mind in the mind of Christ. And we loose into us retentive mind, and we bind every demon that would cause us to have our minds wander. We bind mind wandering, mind control, occult mind control, sexual mind control. We bind every demon that would uh, fill our minds with anything but what the Holy Spirit wants our minds filled with truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And, uh, Father, we need you. Lord Jesus, we need you also. Holy Spirit, we are desperately in need of you. And we just pray that you'll lead God and direct us tonight. You are the spirit of truth. That's what Jesus called you. And we want the truth. We bind all spirits of error. We bind all religious spirits, false religious system spirits. And we bind every demon that would interfere with what the Holy Spirit wants accomplished tonight. And we ask all these things in the almighty name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Uh, 
Praise the Lord. Yeah, tonight, let's talk about passivity and slothfulness and some of the things that that uh, are there with, within us. Uh, when I was in Richmond in the meetings this past weekend, just uh, returned back, uh, in fact, uh, last evening, and uh, the uh, issue that that I had raised was, you know, you've got to be diligent when it comes to uh, deliverance. When it comes to what I termed uh, years ago the missing one-third of Jesus' ministry, because if you're not diligent, the enemy will take advantage because there are scriptures where God says that we are to be diligent, that we have to uh, pursue. And if you have a Bible, uh, let's look at some scriptures tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 has got to be one of my favorite scriptures. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, if you want to turn there, again, if you're not in a... uh, convenient place for that. Don't worry about it. Just uh, listen closely to the Word of God. And um, But by the same token, if you are able to get there, uh, you know, get a copy of the Scriptures and look it up, I find that uh, people pay attention better when they're in the Word of God with you. Uh, that's one of the reasons I enjoy uh, at, uh, you know, pastoring Agape Bible Church, and I encourage the local flock to, by all means, listen and Do what Jesus says in Luke 9. Take heed how you listen. Be careful how you listen. Be a good listener. And uh, also to to turn in the Bible. Um, I love it when I hear hear the pages of the Scriptures turning, because it means the saints are in the Word of God. And uh, one of the things they taught me at Dallas Seminary is, which means in Greek, uh, Paul says to Timothy, preach the word. It's a command. Preach the word. And, uh, of course, as you preach it, you've got to honor it. You've got to lift it high. And uh, so Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9 and verse 10, this is the word of God. I love the uh, beginning, especially of the verse, you could say uh, 10a, part a. Uh, Whatever your, your hand finds to do, Verily, do it with all your might. If you don't have that underlined in your text, I would encourage you to underline it. Whatever you, whatever your hand finds to do, again, this is assuming that it's good and godly, that it's worthwhile and productive in your life, but whatever your hand finds to do, verily, do it with all your might. And you may want to underline that phrase, all your might, and then double and triple circle the word all. All your might. And, of course, God expects us to use our might, but when our might and strength runs out is when we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But, uh, you know, if you're going to do something, uh, do it, and do it wholeheartedly, and do it with everything you've got. And God respects that. Uh, God loves it. I think he delights when he sees that. Uh, that we're doing things in such a way that we're giving everything we've got to it. You know, there's a verse uh, for those of you who are young people, or even uh, kind of like me, young at heart. The uh, you know, there's a verse that says, you know, remember thy God in the days of thy youth. And uh, one of the reasons that's true is because you know you notice as you get older that, as Paul says. Uh, there in the New Testament in Corinthians, that uh, you know you're, we're wasting away on the outside, but inside being renewed day by day. That we are, you know, physically decaying, and this is part of the law of entropy that 
came upon all of God's creation uh, when Adam sinned, when Eve sinned, when they rebelled. And uh, God had promised that in the day you eat, you will surely die, or in the Hebrew, dying, you will die. You'll start dying at that point, and then you will succumb to it ultimately. Uh, because death came upon all through that act of disobedience, just as through Christ, the second Adam, life comes to all as well, potentially. So, do everything, whatever you put your hands to, do it with all your might. And that includes what we're talking about tonight, what Brother Shannon has so well highlighted, and that's the need for the Christians to be about the Father's business, just like Jesus. And that Father's business, and Jesus' business, of course, is casting out demons in his mighty name. In fact, he's the one, don't blame us, uh, don't shoot the messenger, he's the one who said it in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe. And uh, obviously, you've got to be a believing believer. That is, you can't believe just for salvation. You've got to believe for deliverance and healing as well, which is what Mark 16 is all about. And if you're going to do it, do it with all your might. It is so essential that once you put your hand to it, that you don't hem and haw, you know, we've actually run into demons called uh, wishy-washy. He usually works in the Ahab kingdom, though, uh, of course, women can have the same problem, even though Ahab's spirits are primarily in the men, and Jezebel's spirits are primarily in the, wimp, in the, uh, in, in the gals, in the women. But uh, we've run into double-mindedness as well. Uh, I remember not long ago casting out a demon praying with uh, one of my guys in the church, and it was a spirit called, um, let's see, divided heart. And whenever we see God's word, hear God's word, begin to apply God's word, God expects us to carry it through to the end. Not to have a divided heart and say, well, this came up and this person wanted my attention or I suddenly fell in love and they kind of gobbled up all my time. Uh, no, God wants us to be single-hearted, uh, single-minded. You know, Paul says what? This one thing I do, not these 5,000 things I dabble in. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on toward the high mark of the calling of God the Father for me in Christ Jesus. That's one thing I do, Paul says. And, you know, the, 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 the things that we're involved in, and particularly encouraging tonight on Omega Man Radio, if you're listening, is uh, this missing one-third of Jesus' ministry, and that's deliverance. So when you get in deliverance, uh, you need to get in and jump in whole body. God doesn't want you know, five of your toes on one foot. He doesn't want you going in all the way up to your ankle. Uh, <laughs> he, he wants you to go in, and he wants me to go in, and he wants us to go in full body. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of going in a cold pool. And if you've ever uh, tested the water, so to speak, of maybe in the summertime of a cold lake or a cold pond or a cold river, I remember growing up in New England, we used to have a river called the Squanicook River, and when we were young, we would go down the watering hole, or the swimming hole, rather, 
and we would uh, we'd jump in. And in some areas, because it was a moving river, uh, it got kind of kind of chilly. And uh, but you had to go in. And the, I find the best way. I'm sure Brother Shannon agrees, is the best way to get in is just dive in and do, uh, it's almost slow death by tormenting or by torture if you just kind of go in and itch at a time. Uh, the best thing to do is just get it all done with and just dive in. And, you know, if, just encouraging you tonight to dive into deliverance and and go in all the way. Turn over to 2 Samuel 22 as well. 2 Samuel chapter 22, we're still in the Old Testament. 2 Samuel 22, and let's pick it up at verses 38 through 40. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verses 38 through 40. And uh, these are great verses, by the way, and you can write these down and, and uh, even uh, do some uh, further uh, search and research on your own time. But, uh, you know, we're just going to highlight some scriptures because there is a real danger. We've found, uh, Pastor Worley used to call it the 90-day 90 90 wonders. And, uh, you know, the people who are in deliverance for 90 days and they kind of get their fill of spiritual warfare and they find out that, you know, it's really not all that they, they thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be, you know, taking some swords and ramming the enemy with the swords, uh, so to speak, and and uh, watching uh, the demons get defeated and and getting prayer and so forth with other people until they discovered one day that God is more interested in, in them getting, or is just as interested in them getting personal freedom and uh, getting uh, their demons out as he is in, in other people, uh, in, in the demons in other people as well. And then they figured, well, wait a minute, wait, I didn't know that was part of the equation. I thought we were just going to, you know, come against some demons in some witch covens and hit some demons in uh, Brother Shannon and Pastor John Gogan and some of the people who really, really need it. And I didn't know it was also going to be for me. Well, uh, I'm here to clue you in that uh, it is, and uh, it's for E, uh, kind of all of the above. And this is exactly what God wants us to do. Look at verse 38. Uh, David is writing this. He says, I pursued my enemies and destroyed them. I pursued my enemies and destroyed them. And I did not... Look at his resolution. Look at his resolve. And I did not turn back until they were consumed. And I have devoured them and shattered them so that they did not rise and they fell under my feet. That's a place of subservience. That's a place of total defeat. When an enemy is falling under your feet, uh, he's defeated. Look at verse 40. For thou hast girded me with strength for battle... There's a promise in the Word of God that God promises us to give us the strength that we need for the battle. Not more strength, not too little strength, but just enough strength that we need for battling in a particular area, whether in our lives or the lives of other people. And again, remember what I just shared with you, that God is also interested on you getting freedom, as well as uh, seeing that others get freedom. One of the greatest things I learned over the years is uh, that I've got to lead the way when it comes to deliverance. 
I can't be telling people to get prayer themselves. I can't be just praying with people. I also have to be getting equal or greater than them when it comes to getting prayer myself. Otherwise, the enemy uh, is going to get me out in some area, whether doctrinal, whether moral, whether ethical. He's going to pull some strings, and pretty soon I'm going to be one of those um, has-beens also, one of those people who end up getting picked off by the enemy of our souls. But don't you love David's resolve here? Isn't it wonderful to see his, you know, what an, he's, he's just aggressive. He's, he's determined. He's determined to pursue the enemy and notice uh, to what extent. Until they were consumed. And of course, you know, David was aware because he was a man after God's own heart. David was aware of the truth that Jesus later outlines in John 10 that Satan, the thief, he obviously refers to him figuratively as the thief, metaphorically as the thief, who comes only but to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. So Satan knew that if you don't destroy them, excuse me, David knew that if you don't destroy them, they're going to destroy you. He knew Satan's tactics. So that's why he says that I pursued my enemies until they were destroyed. Let me ask you a question tonight. And be honest with me. They say there are three persons you don't want to lie to if you're if you're a genuine believer. Number one, you don't lie to God. Number two, you don't lie to your pastor, to pastors. And number three, you don't lie to your attorney because it all ends up going counterproductive in your life. So be be honest. I know you will be, but be honest with this question. What are you pursuing? What demonic... And again, you've got to go by the sin first because that's how the demons come in. They cannot just willy-nilly walk in your life and say, Oh, hello, I'm here to destroy you. Well, how'd you come in? Well, I didn't. I just appeared here. No, no, no. They've got to have an open back door, open front door, open side door, open basement door, open attic door. They need a door to come in, and the door is always S-I-N, sin, in my life, in your life. So be honest with me, what sin, and concomitantly, the demons that came in, what have you been attacking until you totally destroyed them? When you're in deliverance, you can't just be hitting 15,000 different things at once. You've got to nail, you know, if you're going after rejection, you get to really try to nail uh, rejection week after week, month after month. I mean, you've got to go after rejection and clean them up. Now, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't tell you to, you know, to do some things simultaneously in the sense of why you're hitting rejection, you're hitting something, uh, you know, very close related to it that opened rejection. You know, I'll give you, for instance... I was talking this uh, this weekend about a gal that we had prayed for a number of years ago, and she was from Maryland, and we had uh, seen her come up for the conference many, many years ago. And she didn't really get any help, and it came, it came around to Sunday, the last day of the conference here at Agape Bible Church, and uh, she ended up uh, wanting some prayer, and I felt my heart went out to her, and I felt sorry for her. 
And I ended up, uh, even though I don't normally pray with gals, I ended up uh, assigning myself to her because there were no other gals uh, left to pray with her. And I said, well, I'll pray with you, Deb, and just have a seat, and and we'll go from there. I'll be right there. I'll be right back. So we were out in the sanctuary of the church, and, of course, my wife's there, and I made sure she was, you know, watching everything and uh, avoiding all appearance of evil, of course. And uh, I asked the gal, I said, well, let's, would you mind praying with me, and let's, checking out, let's check out the Holy Spirit. And uh, let's see what he says in terms of what's holding you back. Because I know you want some help. I know you want some some prayer. And I want to see you get some help before you head back to Maryland. So she said, okay. So, you know, we prayed. And as I prayed, I just asked God the Holy Spirit to please reveal to us what was the area that the Lord Jesus himself wanted her to receive some freedom. And what was blocking this freedom in her life? And you know what the Holy Spirit gave me? He gave me one word through discernment, words of knowledge. He gave me one word. And the word was this, bastard. And I thought, well, maybe I misheard him. So uh, let me test the water, so to speak, and let's see if we can uh, determine what in the world the Holy Spirit meant by that. And sure enough, I looked up at her and I said, why am I getting illegitimate for you? And then she responded and began to develop her life and said that she was the product of illegitimacy and that her father was, uh, was a salesman that had been uh, there in the area where she was born. She's living in Maryland, but originally from, I think, Alabama, I think it was. And her father was a traveling salesman, and he got her mother pregnant at the tender age of 16. And I said, well, I can tell you right now that you have uh, something called the curse of the bastard on your life. And I said, secondly, I guarantee there are at least two spirits in there, one called conceived in lust and the other called rejection from the womb. And the reason I say that is because Whenever these situations arise, the last thing that the mother and her father want is for a pregnancy to be there. So they reject the baby from the womb. Not from birth, but from conception. And that gives a legal ground for that spirit called rejection from the womb to come in. And of course, uh, the curse of the bastard, the curse of Ill- illegitimacy is present as well. So I said, what I want you to do is just hold my hand and let's pray. And I want you to break that curse of the bastard over your family lines and over yourself. And go all the way back to Adam and Eve. The curse is for 10 generations, but I said, let's go back all the way to Adam and Eve. You can't go any further back than that. And that's precisely what she did. And uh, she prayed it out loud. And I agreed with her in faith. And do you know that uh, right after she prayed that prayer, and I said, well, what I want you to do tonight is will against those spirits. And I want you to just, uh, as I command, uh, you don't need to command yourself, just kind of uh, tell them in your mind, just will against them. Call out to the Lord Jesus in your mind. He's listening. He hears. Call him for help. 
and uh, he will uh, free you tonight in the authority that he has given uh, me as a believer and you as a believer. And you know that for over an hour, her head was in the bag and she and in paper towels, and she was just retching and coughing, and and uh, these things were coming out by the droves for an hour. Now here we go from where nothing was happening, and where all we did is just take the time to pursue, like David says to pursue, and to really want them out, and to really get some help, and call out to the Lord Jesus. And she got, I'll tell you, some tremendous help uh, that day, that Sunday, back so many years ago. And it wasn't Pastor John. It wasn't uh, necessarily anybody but the Lord Jesus Christ, who was gracious to her. And the fact that uh, we were able to share with her the truth that could get her some freedom. But I'll tell you, I knew she was desperate. I knew she was determined. And I knew that the Lord wanted to free her from some of this stuff. But we just had to hit the right thing. And let me encourage you, if you're praying with people, in fact, if you're getting prayer yourself, hopefully, and nothing's happening, you know what? It's maybe just the wrong category you're hitting. And don't jump all over the place when you're getting prayer. Hit one area. Go after rejection for a while. Fear of rejection, self-rejection, rejection from the womb. Hit these things. It could be, uh, you know, 40, 50, 100 in each of those areas. And just keep on hitting them. And I'll tell you, for those of you wondering what the curse of the bastard does in your life, it uh, the, the, the bastard child was not welcome in the temple for ten generations. So it kind of shows you with all these couples now unmarried, living together, and having illegitimate children, children conceived in lust, not conceived in in a godly marriage, in a, in a relationship where both are committed together to one another before God and in, in holy matrimony. Can you imagine these poor kids as to how, how they're going to feel? And, and how it works out, of course, is with the curse of the bastard, we're talking about that they're not welcome in the gener- in, in, uh, at the temple for ten generations. So they have the feeling within, inside them that they're not welcome. So when they go to church, they don't feel welcome. When they go to work, they, they, they don't feel welcome. They, don't, they go to people's house, they don't feel welcome. Because that curse is riding on them. And, uh, you know, the good news is... Uh, Jesus came to set the captives free. We're the captives, but they have to know it, and they have to come to the truth. And, of course, um, they've got to forgive their parents, and the parents have to forgive themselves, and they've got to repent and, uh, you know, even get saved and get married. And uh, just as a side note, for those uh, people who say, well, I'm living together, and it's common law, and, of course, eventually God, uh, you know, society recognizes that for all practical purposes you're married, uh, God doesn't, and that's the problem. Because uh, if you go to John 4, you find out that Jesus, when he's talking to this uh, woman at the well, he very clearly says to the woman at the well, where is your husband? And she says, I have no husband. He says, that's right. You don't have a husband right now. Because the guy you're living with is 
You're living with them. You're not married to them. So living with someone doesn't mean you're married to them. In short, Jesus, nor the Father, recognized common law marriage. And of course, she had like five other husbands before this bozo. And Jesus knew that. Of course, forgiveness is there. Praise the Lord for that. Thank God for his blood, right? Thank God for, I mean, his son's blood. Amen. But the problem is, is you have to, um, you get appropriate. You get a meanie, you get a, you know, get out of that kind of relationship. And I'll tell you, gals, if a guy's just living and, you know, getting his, getting whatever he wants from you and and promising, 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 kick the bum out because he won't ever uh, follow through with that. Because he, really, he, he, he doesn't want to tell you. He doesn't want to hurt your feelings or he's too proud or whatever, but he doesn't want to tell you. Because he's not really committed to you. But, you know, the Lord wants us committed. David said that he was determined in his mind and heart to pursue the enemy until they were destroyed. And that's exactly what we have to do. And, you know, praise the Lord for his due diligence that he purposed in my heart for this sister from Maryland. Because we needed to hit those spirits within her. And for whatever reason, we finally did it on that Sunday, and she got some tremendous, tremendous help. And you say, well, Pastor John, what do I do? Uh, I I know that my parents weren't married. And by the way, just because your parents were married and had you doesn't mean that curse of the bastard's not on you. Because you have to go back ten generations, and that's literally hundreds of people. So you've got to just be open to the Holy Spirit, and if, hey, if there's a chance... Uh, just in Jesus' mighty name, break the curse of the bastard over you and your family lines, back to Adam and Eve and all your descendants. Ask God to forgive any legitimacy in the family lines. It's done. That's a lot of people, John, you know, because uh, it could be 200 to 400 years, depending on how you count a generation, right? Yep. So uh, especially if you're... um, you come from the deep south where you get married at 15 or 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or even yeah, and sadly even younger. Of course if you're if you're Muslim, uh they're marrying little kids over there. Oh my I goodness. You not. No. Oh yeah, you can see it in the oh, news. It, it is really tragic. But listen, the good news is of course, and this is what we want to instill and and just uh let people know is that in Jesus mighty name we can deal with these things. Amen. You can break the you can break the curse, and you can get set free. Amen to that. Yep, and that's why again, don't don't ever lose heart. Don't say uh, one of my favorite songs by Pastor Worley is, "I cried, I've gone too far," and Jesus said, "My blood's gone farther." I cried, the stain is too deep. He said, "My blood's gone deeper." I cried, I've done too much. He said, "My blood's done more." So always remember that we uh, thank God for the blood of Jesus, and that blood is still ongoing today. And uh, by the way, one of the books I highly recommend from our book room. In fact, uh, Brother Shannon, I think I think you got from Agape Bible Book Room. I think you got you ordered like what ten copies of Power of the Blood and handed them out as gifts. Oh man, fantastic book, John! I recommend that one for everybody. Uh, folks, there is no greater weapon than the, the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, if you want a great book to add to your spiritual warfare library, you've got to get this one by H.A. Max White, The Power of the Blood. 
Um, highly recommend it. You have that one by H.A. Maxwell. Do you have any of his other titles also, John? Brother, a lot of his stuff, sadly, is out of print. And uh, But there are three others in print. I think it's the... Um, Oh boy, I think the Kiss of Satan is still in print. I, I don't quote me on that because I I uh, had just dealt with it last week before I left, and I was kind of sick at the time. And and uh, someone had asked me on an email, but we I think we have two other books. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. I'll try to check check uh, check the, the well, availability of that. I would say the best book that uh, he put out. And he put out a lot of great books, was uh, Power of the Blood. So I'd encourage you to order a copy. Now, that's just one of many books, uh, videos, CDs, DVDs, you've got in the uh, Gopi Bible book room. How do people um, get in contact with you, John, if they'd like to order some great deliverance material? Yeah, amen. It's uh, The church office number is 716 area code, 655 Five zero zero eight six five 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 zero zero eight, and um, we apologize. We've been out of town in uh, Virginia for the past uh, several days, and um, so appreciate those of you if you've been trying to uh, call and get a hold. I think I left the message to give us a call. We'll be in pocket uh, tomorrow uh, in the morning, and of course that also follows. If you have any questions or anything, uh, you know, pastoral counseling or anything we can help you with. And, of course, counseling is always with a view toward where the demons come in, where the curses begin, and and how can we get you free, rather than just uh, everybody sitting there with their demons uh, listening and everybody's happy for a while and the demons nosedive go down and uh, the person feels better, but nothing's really left. Uh, nothing is really, has really departed. We always want to go after those root causes and the root problems, and of course, uh, part of the root problem is uh, is a demonic problem. But you can also hit us at agapebible.org, and you can order from that uh, from our website, or and or you can uh, email me at pjservant, pj Pastor John Servant S E R V A N T. I'm just a servant of the Lord, uh, pjservant at aol.com. And uh, we'll be glad to uh, send you free our Agape Bible Bookworm list. I've uh, sent uh, s- several to people uh, and uh, over the years and would be glad to uh, even uh, tailor a uh, kind of a, a beginner's book list or even uh, uh, instead of Deliverance 101, you know, even a more advanced Deliverance 301 or something uh, for you, and uh, depending on your budget, and just kind of tell me, you know, how much you have to spend, I can recommend some some books that will really fit your niche. We carry, uh, of course, we have all of Pastor Worldly's booklets, especially Warfare Prayers and so forth. We have Pastor Monty Mulkey's. We carry Pastor Ivory Hopkins. We carry Derek Prince and uh, Frank Hammond and Don Basham and a bunch of uh, great, great, uh, deliverance people uh, in years gone by. Uh, so, however we can help you, we're here to help you. Agape Bible Bookroom. Amen. And folks, we're going to take a uh, five-minute break, and we'll be back with open lines. If you would like to call in tonight, you need prayer, you want to ask a question, got a comment or a testimony, we would love to hear you, hear from you, and uh, we'll be back right after this uh, short break. Area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. 
listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone. Dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio with Shannon Davis. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745. From coast to coast and worldwide on the Internet, this is Omega Man Radio with Shannon Davis. Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, we put you on notice. We bind you, you wicked power. We come against you from the third heaven. I'm seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. High above you, high above principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, high above world rulers, kings, princes, and every angelic rank. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke and bind you, and especially we bind you concerning the lives, the minds, and the bodies of these people who stand here. We rebuke you and every foul spirit that may still have a resting place somewhere in their uh, innermost being. We bind them. For these people have heard the call of God to dedicate and consecrate themselves to God, and you must flee and your host must be defeated utterly. We come against you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we bind every foul and wicked spirit that would bind body, mind, soul, any area of their life to keep it from being effective for the Lord. We bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we loose on these people the spirits of power, love, sound mind. We loose the spirits of wisdom, revelation. We loose the spirits of courage. We loose the spirits of power over the enemy. And we loose all the spirits of God to do their office work in and through these people as they go forth. Moreover, we loose the spirit of Elijah to break the power of Jezebel on our land. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, Lord, uh, to loose the spirit of humility, the spirit of servanthood on everyone here. Let everyone be desirous of taking the place of a servant. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for it. Amen. And welcome back to Omega Man Radio. We took a little bit of a break there. Want to give you a chance to stretch your legs. Um, for those of you who are new to Omega Man Radio, and I see some new people there in the chat room, I want to say welcome aboard. Uh, we do a program every night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday, and then I'll have uh, secondary shows that we'll alert you to uh, as we bring those on board. But uh, this ministry is about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, concepts of how to do spiritual warfare, and the deliverance ministry, which was one-third of Jesus Christ's ministry that you don't see done much anymore. Yet it's one of the most important parts of the ministry for today. You know, some people are doing great jobs evangelizing the world, spreading the gospel. But it doesn't stop there, folks. That's just the beginning. As you get uh, saved, then you're entitled to eat of the children's bread. That's deliverance. And you've got to go in there and get cleaned up. And the Lord will clean you up through deliverance. You can break generational curses. As Pastor Gogan mentioned, the curse of the bastard is one of them. If you've been in witchcraft, like the the lyrics of that song I just prayed called Witch's Cauldron, that was uh, performed uh, by Dr. Stephen Houston, 
is a uh, a minister in London. You know where there's a lot of occult over there. If you've ever touched the occult, you've just cursed yourself down to three and four generations, and uh, you got to break that curse. You got to repent, break the curse, and then you've got to command the demons out that came in. And you can you get and get set free once you accept Jesus Christ your Savior, and then you can maintain the ground once you get delivered. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and someone were to cast that devil out, well, the demon's just going to come back and find the house swept clean, nothing to fill it, because you didn't have the Holy Spirit come in, and they're just going to bring seven more wicked than themselves. But that's the first step, getting saved. So people are doing a great job at evangelizing, but they've fallen down on the job. They've run the other way instead of getting on the battle line when it comes to doing spiritual warfare. So that's where we're trying to bridge the gap, so to speak. We're standing in the gap for people. We're trying to get a uh, a warrior army trained up for these last days. People that go out and they'll engage the enemy, suited up in their Ephesians 6 armor. They know how to bind and loose. To be able to pray for the those that are demonized, cast out the demons in Jesus' name. Lay hands on the sick that they will recover. You know, a lot of infirmities are caused by demonic spirits. How are you going to get better if it's a demon behind it? Like uh, there's a lot of demons that are behind arthritis and cancer. They're coming through bitterness and unforgiveness. And so you you repent, cast the demon out, then you get rid of the illness if that's brought in from a demon. Uh, we got uh, Pastor John Gogan on with us tonight. Pastor John, you back with me? Brother Shannon, I am here with uh, proverbial bells on. <laughs> so uh, you know, the first step is uh, getting safe, folks. But then you need to get you need to get uh, you need to clear the the ground inside your life of the enemy. Take it back, like Numbers thirty three fifty says: Go into enemy territory, drive out the inhabitants of the land. In that case, they were going in and they were taking back the the land that the Lord had promised and fighting the giants, casting out the Philistines, and fighting the Amalekites and uh, Amorites and all those those people there that were squatting on the land. And so we've got to do that in our own lives, and you know, we've got to get rid of these demons. In Jesus' name, we'll praise God for deliverance ministry, the blood of Jesus. And uh, if you need some prayer tonight, we've got these lines open, 917-889-2745. We'd love the opportunity to pray with you. You know, uh, John, I have a testimony that just came in. Uh, in the pre-show, we had a, a sister that uh, asked for prayer. She was being attacked in her arm. So we got the people of God to pray, and she says, Hi, I'm giving you a praise report. All the pain in my right arm and weakness has left. I also kicked out a death demon, and I vomited green tar junk out. So praise God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me give her some encouragement. Uh, the, ten of those things were... Attacking me, uh, I told my wife, I said, you know, having been attacked by death so much, uh, <laughs> obviously the objective is try to kill me, uh, try to take my life. They, um, they're, they're not nice. Uh, they're pretty, pretty vicious. And I had uh, a whole slew of ten leave Saturday after the meetings when I uh, personally submitted to prayer and with uh, some of the core group that I have. Uh, down there at the meetings with me, and I'll tell you, uh, the, the, that demon is nothing to fool around with. So I praise the Lord for the sister. I praise the Lord for her victory, and you know God gets all the glory, every drop of praise, every ounce of credit. And by the way, the people, uh, anybody's new, and they're kind of wondering, well, where, 
Where is this curse of the bastard? Where is it in the Bible? Uh, I, I, that's, a, that's a new one for me. Well, uh, Deuteronomy 23.2 says, 23.2, No one, this is the word of God, no one of illegitimate birth shall enter the assembly of Yahweh, none of his descendants, even to the tenth generation, shall enter the assembly of Yahweh, of the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. So, ten generations. And can you, again, Brother Shannon, think of all of the these uh, illegitimate children that are in the millions that are being birthed even as we speak, as Omega Man Radio is broadcast on the Internet, that need to hear this truth because their parents are ignorant of Satan's devices and they're ignorant of how this tremendous curse, and think of the, man, they, you know, this country is bankrupt uh, financially as it is because of these uh, unwise politicians and uh, greedy people that just keep on voting in the same people to vote the same stuff. And, brother, we're in trouble. But can you imagine when this next generation grows up and all the illegitimacy and all the feeling of unwelcomeness and the government having, in many cases, to provide because the parents end, end up splitting. Do you know that people who live together, they, they have a much greater chance of divorce than people who don't? Amen. So Amen. this has practical, tremendously practical outworkings in our lives. So, in any anyway, I thought I'd mention that. But, you know, brother, what again, what a... What a what an answer to prayer, what what a testimony to the power of prayer, and uh, anyone who wants healing and or deliverance prayer tonight, just call in and we'll be glad to talk with you, pray for you, and however the Holy Spirit leads. Amen to that. Now, there are a lot of people out there listening that are probably new to deliverance ministry, and they're saying, you know, uh, can you recommend uh, some uh, good books to get started with in addition to reading the Word of God daily? And my Bible study, um, what would you recommend for the beginner out there if they wanted to uh, get up to speed and learn from some of the pioneers that have went before? A great question. Again, um, uh, this is one of the things I appreciate about Omega Man Radio is very practical. We try to, you know, try to try to hit people, you know, with the, putting the cookies on the lower shelf, and uh, the fact is, I. One of the reasons I brought a box of uh, Agape Bible Bookroom books with me, kind of a selection and assortment of uh, books and booklets and materials, and of course, the four basic, basic booklets that Pastor Worley told me to make sure you get in the hands of people who are new, are those four booklets, Warfare Prayers, Sins of the Fathers, Fragmented Soul, and Curse of Soul Ties, Binding and Loosing. The Curse of Soul Ties, Binding and Loosing is the fourth book, by the way. It's 4, 5, uh, if you want to go by the numbers, it's 4, 5, 26, and 28, according to my recollection. And we carry them in the book room. And by the way, uh, thank you for mentioning it, Brother Shannon, that we do have uh, many of Pastor Worley's uh, CDs, DVDs, as well as, oh my Lord, probably 5,000 of my uh, my messages over 22 years here at Agape Bible Church. And um, the... John, let's, uh, let's, 
Let me ask you a question. Probably some are asking themselves right now. The four booklets you just mentioned, what are you talking about? I don't hear any of this from my pastor. They've never talked about the fragmented soul. I've never heard word one about uh, there could be some curses due to the sins of my fathers. What is binding and loosing? I thought that was only for the Catholic Church. I mean, you know, the questions will go on endlessly because, honestly, they're not talking about what we talk about here on this program. Uh, just cover one of those for a minute. What is a fragmented soul? Yeah, again, brother, I uh, as I was mentioning these uh, basic, basic materials at my Richmond meetings there in Virginia, I had uh, referenced the fact that we don't even realize it, but we're talking when we're praying the 23rd Psalm, reciting the 23rd Psalm. Of course, it's a classic psalm. And it says, you know, Yahweh is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. And then there's a phrase that comes up. He restores my soul. Now, why in the world is, is David, yeah, Brother Shannon, why in the world is David going to admit that, you know, the Lord restores our souls if we don't need our souls restored? Amen. And, of course, fragmented soul. Obviously, uh, there's, a, there's another verse where it talks about that, uh, you know, the lion, as a lion tears my soul into pieces. You know, the devil does the same thing. He tears our soul in pieces. He, he rents our souls, so to speak. And uh, then we go into the fact that souls, uh, the soul of David cleaved to the soul of Jonathan. So we have... Uh, Souls that are that are meeting somehow there in in the spirit realm, and of course the soul is the mind, will, and the emotions. So each of us, every human being, every day, whether it's someone with you at work or someone with you at school or someone at church or someone you happen to meet at the grocery store or there at the post office or just as you're jogging or walking getting exercise, you meet and you strike up a conversation, you have a soul tie with them. That is, your souls have met in one or two or three levels. And, of course, uh, that's what a soul tie is. That's what we call a godly soul tie or an ungodly soul tie. And we can have both, by the way. And, uh, of course, only godly soul ties with believers and only ungodly soul ties with unbelievers and believers, because whenever the unbelievers, uh, excuse me, believers end up getting in, in, into carnality and worldliness and so forth, uh, they uh, devolve into an ungodly soul tie. So these are, I realize for some of you that these are kind of like new terms, but really they're biblical terms, and uh, the fragmented soul, of course, is where the enemy comes in and fragments, is able to fragment our souls, and uh, and or we have... Uh, soul ties with other people and pieces of our soul go into them and pieces of their soul come into us. We don't understand it all. All we know is it happens. And again, one of the reasons for the importance of the warfare prayers, because right in there, Pastor Worley has a tremendous prayer called the Fragmented Soul Prayer. And I'd probably, if you were new to it, I'd probably read that for one year every day. And use that very powerful prayer in your life and you'll watch Pretty soon, how your mind, your will, your emotions begin to come back 
and form to way to the, in the order that God created them. You begin to uh, think clearly, decide more clearly, and uh, so forth. So again, just a great it, uh, Let me paint it another way. Everybody out there, I'm sure, has a computer. Now you take, uh, let's say, you take your desktop computer or your laptop. You open up the uh, the case, pull back that back compartment on the laptop, and you pull out a RAM chip. You had two gigs in there. You take out one. Now you go in there, <laughs> and uh, you jump on the internet and you download a bunch of software. And lo and behold, uh, you install it, and it's loaded with viruses. Now, what was uh, running great, you crank up, and all of a sudden, Windows is moving really slow. Uh, what used to move really fast uh, is just like moving at the, the pace of molasses. You've got all this stuff just popping up everywhere in your life, and all of a sudden, your program just bogged down, and you've got a system error. And you realize, hey, something's not like it was before. That's just what it is, folks, when you have ungodly soul ties. Because when you become one flesh with someone, for example, you have sex outside of marriage or you commit adultery inside marriage, any demons they got, you've got. Any, the, the world will tell you, if you have sex, you're going to sexually transmit a disease. You're clean. Now you've got herpes. Now you have AIDS, syphilis, venereal disease. Same way with computers. What happens when you get those Trojan horses, that spyware? It comes in, and then what you have to do is you have to go in there and <laughs> get some antivirus software, and you've got to defrag that hard drive so it'll it'll run smoother. But unless you're doing these things, you know, you're you're cutting off these the viruses coming to the computer, you're cutting off these ungodly soul ties coming into your soul. You've got a lot of stuff coming in that shouldn't be there, and you're just not free. You you move slow, you can't think clearly, you can't love anymore. Uh, maybe that will paint the analogy a little bit. We've got to get cleaned up. We've got to cut all these uh, ungodly connections, which are feeding the spirits right into us, and vice versa, by the way. Because not only do you have their demons, they've got yours. So that soul tie. And, uh, you know, fragmented soul, they, they, get, they get some of your RAM. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you don't have a complete picture anymore. It would be like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Do they still have jigsaw puzzles, John? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. In fact, my wife loves them, and uh, they're they're still available by all means. I don't, I don't know if the kids today have put together a jigsaw puzzle recently, but we used to have those things. And you yeah. know, you you can have a complete picture. You start removing pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, the picture's not as clear anymore, is it? After a while, you can't even tell what it is, and that's the way a lot of people are walking around. They're fragmented. They're missing pieces. So you you repent of your sin. You break these ungodly soul ties. You loose the angels of God to go find the bits and pieces, defrag you, so to speak, and uh, you're a complete unit again, and you can operate, think clearly, you can love again. This goes on, folks. They're not preaching it in the pulpit, and this is some of the stuff that is covered in some of these booklets. Uh, talk about sins of the Father for a minute, John. Yeah, again, another important doctrine. I challenged uh, the listeners in uh, in my Richmond meetings with the same question. You know, when is the last time you heard from the pulpit, from your church, God bless it, when is the last time you heard any message from your shepherd or from and or your elders from the Word of God on this important doctrine of the sins of the fathers? And 
the sins of the fathers are important because of verses like Exodus 20, where it says the sins of the fathers have visited down to the third and fourth generation. And, of course, third and fourth generation, let's assume you're the first generation. You go back, second generation, that's two parents. You go back to the third generation, that's four grandparents. You go back to the fourth generation, and that's eight great-grandparents. You go back to the to the fifth generation, that's 16 great-great-grandparents. That's over 30 people. And the tragedy is many of them, we don't even know their names, let alone what they've done in their lives, and yet our lives are directly impacted and affected, and I even use the word, the verb, infected, by what our ancestors have done before us. One of the keys to unlocking demonic doors and curses in our lives and the sins that begin everything is asking the Holy Spirit what in the world allowed the Spirit to come in. A lot of these demons will manifest, as you're aware, Brother Shannon, uh, and give uh, vital enemy information regarding the open doors they came in through these specific areas, sins of the fathers, and uh, whether it's a generational iniquity like alcoholism, whether it's a generational iniquity such as whoredoms, in all the sexual areas where the enemy catches so many of us up and we fall into the same path. You know, have you ever, have you ever asked yourself, why am I doing the very same things in my life that I hated in my parents' lives? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I know many of those listeners at one time or another, and if you haven't as of yet, you will, why am I doing that is by way of a sin, negative habit in my life, the very thing I swore to myself I would never do because I hated it so much in one or both of my parents, one, two, three, or four of my grandparents, why am I stuck like a broken CD or a DVD, stuck in the same rut? And remember the definition of a rut. It's a grave with both slats kicked out on both ends. John, uh, John, this is so true. I mean, look, I did some genealogy research. I went back on one side of my family, my father's side, and, you know, all I had was the initials of my great-grandfather. That's pretty sad. Wow. Now, that's what three generations up. My father would be, you know, one, my grandfather two, my great-grandfather would be three, right? Let's assume he was a witch or a warlock. Maybe he was a, a mason, you know, which is a secret society to bring a curse on you. Uh, maybe he had some other uh, vice, okay? Well... I would be under that curse. And I had no idea that he had done that or she had done that, if it was your grandmother. What about a curse of the bastard? I don't know who my family were going back uh, ten generations. I can't get past three or four right now. And, brother, you so, mentioned, you mentioned excuse me, the great-grandparent. You had four great-grandfathers. Brother, exactly right. And I'll tell you something. This is kind of rare. At one point in time in my life, I must have been about 13, yeah. uh, I had the, the good 
the I don't I don't want to use the word fortune. I had the uh, that's so ingrained in our vocabulary. I don't even have another adjective. Uh, I consider How about the blessing? Blessed. The blessing. blessing. Amen. <laughs> I was blessed to uh, have uh, all my great grandmothers living, and uh, I had two of my great grandfathers. Of course, the one that I wanted to get some information on, he was long dead, and you know they eventually one by one died, and uh, you know some people don't even have grandparents living. So I was blessed. I got to know some of them, but you know what? Um, I certainly don't know what was going on 400 years ago, and what if there was a curse of the bastard, meaning someone was born out of wedlock? I'm affected by that. What if I had a someone who was in the water witching or played with a crystal ball one time or Ouija board or was into the occult? I'm under a generational curse, folks, and you are too out there. I'm sure some of you have got the same story in your family. You don't know what happened. So we've got to break this stuff because God's very serious about the blessings and the curses, like Deuteronomy 28, it talks about blessings and curses that will come on you for keeping the commandments or disobeying the commandments of God. And um, we will suffer. And this is a true story. I was, uh, I've told this to some of you before. I was living in uh, the Republic of Panama, John, in 2005. Not Panama City, Florida, but Panama in between Nicaragua and, uh, excuse me, uh, in between uh, Costa Rica and um, Colombia. Right. And uh, I had a dream one night, and actually the Lord spoke to me in the dream. He said, you and your brother have a generational curse you need to break. I didn't even know what a generational curse was. And uh, I said, what the heck could it be? And I got to look at my family, and I had kind of an idea. So we got together, my brother and I, and uh, we prayed, and we went through warfare prayers. Uh, he, he at the time knew about Derek Prince. It was long before I'd come in contact with the ministry of Wynn Worley, and uh, so we went through this warfare prayer, and we broke a generational curse. And, you know, uh, as I got to do a little bit more research in my family line, what I uncovered was, you know, my father had committed adultery on my mother when I was eight. My grandfather, uh, who was a, a war veteran, uh, he had had an affair with a lady, created a child out of wedlock. Well, unfortunately for her, she had a curse of a bastard on her, and, and uh, you know, there was an uh, adulterous affair going on. But then as I got a little bit more research, I found my great-grandfather committed adultery. And there was uh, at least three generations of adultery, marriage-breaking spirits, familiar spirits coming down the line. And uh, unfortunately, brother, by the time I knew about it, I had already committed adultery. And you know what the Lord was doing is he said, you know, hey, this has got to stop. You've got to repent of the sin, and you've got to break this curse. It's coming down the family line. It sort of went down four generations. And uh, that's at least what I know about and I've asked the God to reveal anything else up my family line. But, folks, this stuff's serious. It's destroying marriages. You know, there are uh, homosexual spirits that will go down the family line and jump on people. There's alcoholic spirits. There's witchcraft spirits. We, we cast a demon out of a, of a lady who a demon came in because her ancestors were committing blood sacrifice and murdering children. This stuff is real, and God takes it very seriously. You know, uh, you look at uh, America, probably a third of the population is being born out of wedlock. They've all got the curse of the bastard now. They've got a break. How many people went to Harry Potter? Millions of children. Now they've just cursed their their kids that haven't even been born. You, you dabble with the occult one time, folks. You've cursed your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren going forward. So we're getting it both ways, folks. We've got to uh, repent of the sin, and we've got to close these 
gateways that come in through the sins of the fathers. And that's uh, another very important topic you want to look into and uh, is covered in one of the booklets there. Uh, John, talk a little bit about binding and loosing. What's that talking about? Well, you'd mentioned, uh, you know, the Catholic Church, and that's about as far as you can get from the Catholic Church in terms of the biblical doctrine of binding and loosing. And again, I was going through uh, some just elementary things with respect to it, Matthew 16, 19, and 18, 18, where Jesus says, Behold, you know, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. What you shall loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. It's already done in heaven. We're just putting it into effect here on earth. And of course, um, I always issue the caveat, if God doesn't want something bound in a person's life because he is doing something in terms of uh, divine discipline, divine correction, scourging, uh, teaching important lessons, as he often does, then uh, it doesn't matter what you bind or what you lose, God overrules. But that's the exception rather than the rule. He wants us to use those important, what Jesus calls, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And as I remind people, <clears throat> especially those of you who have uh, you know, new and or relatively new cars, uh, without keys, those cars are just piles of metal that are becoming <laughs> very expensive for you to run. Uh, well, <laughs> to not run, because uh, without keys, they're not running. And the same thing with your house. I don't care how much you have uh, invested in your home. Uh, without keys, you you know, uh, it's the, it's like a, a cardboard box sitting there because it's totally useless and totally worthless without the keys. And people, these are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And You know, Brother Shannon, how well the enemy has done in terms of keeping people blinded to the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, uh, the binding and loosing is essentially tying and untying. You, if, if I always tell people that if you're not binding demons, they're binding you. So you better learn what to bind. You better learn what to loose. And of course, Luke 13 describes how scripturally we are to loose people from the demonic bindings and how uh, we can also uh, loose angels uh, you lose opposite angels to come against and to fight those uh, spirits that were not only binding, but were also battling in the spirit realm, and we can employ angels. Now, I can't find a verse in the Bible that says loosing angels. You won't. Believe me, I've looked. But uh, Pastor Worley uh, liked to, the loosing thing because it uh, had... Uh, tremendous battle overtones, and there's nothing in the scriptures that violates, that is violated by it. So you won't find a verse that says loosing angels. You will find, you know, obviously angels being sent, Hebrews 1.14, uh, and you can send them, we have discovered, and we've also discovered that uh, angels are very effective. If you're attacking hate, then uh, send spirits of agape love, fill us love, to attack hate. Loose the opposite angels to attack whatever spirits that you're going after. But you won't find a verse supporting it. You'll find Luke 13. And, and, well, you uh, know, uh, look at the keys of the kingdom. Jesus says, whatever you loose on earth, be loosed in heaven. And just as John is saying, uh, we found through experience that that includes the 
the spirits of God, ministering spirits, warrior angels. You know, you're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That request goes to heaven. God stamps it approved and dispatches the angel. Um, so praise the Lord. You know, we, we live beneath our privileges, John, because uh, we don't get in there and, and study the Word of God. We don't apply it. And we don't ask God for revelation, knowledge, and, uh, and you know, it's out there for us, folks. We've we got to use it. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep you blinded. And so that's why we took a little bit of time here to cover just a few of the books. I mean, there's 50 of these booklets in the series alone. And someone said, well, what's deliverance cost? Well, deliverance is free, folks. And a, a booklet like this, which can arm you with a lot of knowledge, what's it cost, John? Like three bucks? Yeah, it's probably one of the best deals, uh, you know, even better than than a Happy Meal at McDonald's, which yeah. unhappily costs more than more than two dollars. I remember it used to be a dollar ninety nine. Now they're above three, and uh, getting close to four, three fifty, four 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 dollars. So, you know, uh, again, they're really good deals. And of course, uh, you know, blessing of courses you can choose by Derek Prince, and then other basic books. Yeah. Yeah. Pigs in the Parlor by Frank Hammond, and we carry all of them, of course, in the book room, Agape Bible book room, and, and uh, you know, some of you, I know you can find a cheaper uh, at Amazon used copies, and you can find, uh, you know, even books cheaper uh, at Walmart and other places. Obviously, they've got buying power that we don't. We'll find these books, John. But some, I'll tell you, they, they, they support the book room because uh, we use it. Uh, your sales uh, to buy and purchase more materials, and some of the stuff. That's right, brother Shannon. You will not find uh, anywhere else because the Christian bookstores will not carry it. They don't want to uh, spread this error, as far as they're concerned. And uh, so, just encourage. Uh, uh, the book room, Agape Bible book room, needs all your kind business that so you can give yeah. it, and uh, so we can keep going and getting these tremendous truths into people's hands. But we do carry all of Pastor Worley's booklets, at least all the ones that are available, and we uh, would love to um, uh, get them in your hands. And if you have a, I always recommend, Brother Shannon, for Christians to build their own uh, personal uh, deliverance library. Because, brother, there may come a day where Omega Man Radio, you know, the martial law is established, uh, the current regime ends up uh, uh, pulling the plug on the Internet. Uh, I believe they're trying to corral the power to do that. Thank God for the Juby Congress, which is trying to stand in their way. But I wouldn't put anything past people in power. Uh, they love, they get drunk on their power. And that's why when Jesus comes back, the, uh, in Psalm two, he's you know he's gonna uh, the father's gonna be laughing uh, with derision. The text says, and as the kings of the earth who are drunk with power and will not give it up, uh, Jesus comes back and he's gonna take it from them, isn't he? Folks, you need to be prepared um, to walk out with nothing but the shirt on your back if necessary, and and be able to do the job that God has called you to do. That requires you to get in the Word of God. Write the word on the tables of your heart. Memorize the word. Learn spiritual warfare. Learn how to do the battle. And then be prepared to go out and uh, minister, to pluck people out of the fire, to do exploits. And uh, it starts with getting training, and that's what these programs we do are all about. Well, we're going to go to a phone call now, and if you would like prayer or you want to call in tonight, uh, comment, testimony, um, need deliverance, 917-889-2745. In about eight minutes, we'll be going off the stream, and we'll be going into uh, overtime. And so uh, if you would like to uh, call in, you want to get into the queue now, 
And if you want to continue listening after we go off the stream, you want to definitely dial in. You can listen over the phone line. Um, a question was asked, John. Um, I'm up in uh, Nebraska, and uh, I need deliverance, so um, can I come out to your church, and would you uh, pray for me? And um, do you charge for deliverance? And I can answer that, folks. Uh, no, we don't charge for deliverance. Freely we have received, freely we give. Amen. Uh, so, you know, we're not like a ministry out there which says, uh, yeah, you got to pay $400 an hour to get deliverance. No, you come out and people will pray with you, they'll minister to you, and it's free. And uh, But with regards to supporting the deliverance ministry, folks, it's the actual storehouse of God. It's an armory. And um, when it talked about bringing your tithes and offerings in the storehouse of the Lord, it was talking about a ministry that does uh, warfare against the enemy, the deliverance ministry specifically. So I would encourage you to support ministries like Agape Bible Fellowship, Pastor John Gogan, and you can do that by ordering books, uh, read them, order them for your friends, Support a ministry that's going to be there for you when you need prayer. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's like this uh, one couple of years their their child went to a uh, a summer camp, John, played with a Ouija board with some kids in one of the dormitories, came back, and was wanting to take chunks out of their arms. They were possessed. Demons came in. Church didn't know what to do with them. They weren't trained in deliverance. They took How's them that? to a hospital, and they were giving them... Uh, the highest sedatives that you can give a person in an ER ward, and it still wasn't quelling the demonic spirits. It took some deliverance ministers to come in there, know what they were dealing with, and cast out the demons in Jesus' name, that the girl was set free by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and back in her right mind. Amen. And you know, uh, you the, uh, the neat thing is we have a conference coming up the end of this month, the weekend of the 25th of March. And it's our spring conference. If you'd like some information, uh, just call the church office, 716-655-5008, 655-5008, and talk to my secretary, Kathy, and uh, she'd love to uh, get your address. We'll send you a flyer. Uh, we also uh, will we'll be posting them this week on our website, agapebible.org. Agape, A-G-A-P-E, Bible.org. So I'd encourage this brother in Nebraska, come on out to the conference, and we would love to see you, Agape hug you, and uh, welcome you, and pray uh, for free. So we are here um, to just serve, and uh, and again, I encourage people to also support OmegaManRadio.com by making contributions on the website. And um, airtime costs and a lot of things, of course, are going up in price along with oil, and so uh, just uh, as uh, the Holy Spirit leads in your, in your heart, uh, be generous. Well, we're here to take your calls tonight, folks, and we're going to open up those phone lines. Stand by. To talk with Omega Man, dial area code 917-889-2745 and press option 1 on your phone. To listen live to Omega Man Radio from your cell phone, dial 917-889-2745 from coast to coast. All right, let's take our first call, area code 404. You're on the air with Pastor John Gogan. Hi, um, men of God. Hey How are you? Doing? How are you tonight, sister? Good, good, good. This good evening. Good evening. This is Rosalind from the Powerful Giving Show. I just um, can't wait. Can we um, set, up, set up where you could come on? And um, I just thank God for both of you just bringing awareness to the body of Christ. Um, my question is like, I want to, I want to learn how to do 
deliverance, want to be more effective. How do you uh, protect yourself from spiritual, you know, uh, attacks, backlashes, and um, how do you prepare yourself for deliverance? Well, basically, uh, it is... uh I mentioned, I think, earlier in the program, I don't know if you were able to uh, listen, uh, Sister, at that time, but if you, if you weren't, no problem. But otherwise, it bears repeating that it's it's so important uh, to make sure that your life is in line with the Word of God. And uh, obviously, none of us are perfect, but mm-hmm. when you do sin in word, thought, deed, or attitude, immediately apply First John 1, 9, put it under the blood of Jesus, and then as you're doing that, as you're walking holy and uh, you're walking consistently and uh, obviously in accord with the life of the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, in line with the scriptures, uh, the doors in your life uh, more and more close to enemy infiltration. But that does nothing with respect to uh, getting those spirits that have already entered in when both uh, you were unsaved uh, and after you were saved and perhaps not living as uh, as uh, close to the Lord and as, as obedient a life. So uh, the, the best thing you can do for yourself is just determine in your heart before the Lord to live and uh, live righteously um, and to... Uh, stay as close to the Lord Jesus Christ as possible, and then, of course, uh, sister, to get as much deliverance as you can uh, personally, uh, yeah. others praying with you, because, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I, I, I explain it this way. Do you remember Pinocchio? <laughs> yeah, Pinocchio uh, Geppetto, his, his uh, creator, so to speak, uh, could only pull so many strings as strings were uh, tied to his arms and his legs and his head and his neck and shoulders and so forth, well, the devil's kind of the same way. He he, he can only pull so many strings as he has demons within us still. Mm-hmm. So the more freedom that we get personally, and brother, this excuse me, sister, this is brethren. This is one of the the real dangers that I see, and people get you know really excited and they want to you know attack the enemy and they want to tackle them and. You know, especially they want to pray with other people and and so forth, and that's wonderful. The only problem is, is uh, the Lord wants us to get the demons out of us as well. Right. In fact, even right. more so, even more so, uh, first out of us and then out of others. And uh, I've seen too many people fall by the wayside because they've been spending the bulk of their time praying deliverance with other people when they should have spent more of their time, yeah. or at least equal, and getting free themselves. So um, it's so important. Rosalind, uh, I'll add my own part to it. Uh, what I do personally, your name is Rosalind, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Amen. Is uh, What I do is uh, I start the day off, I mean, literally within moments from, from waking, and I uh, I put on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, I, I memorized it so I, I could have it ready to go at any time. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. I gird my loins about with truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I pick up the shield of faith. I put on the helmet of my salvation. And I pick up the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I actually visualize myself suiting up in this armor. And as you study it, uh, and you're you're doing the work of the Lord, you're actually putting into practice each of these things. 
you know, it, it's more than just verbally saying it, of course, but uh, I believe it when I'm putting it on. I, that's what I do is I suit up in it. I say that exact thing that I just said to you. Then I apply the blood of Jesus. I say I apply the blood of Jesus to myself. I cover my, my wife, my children, my apartment, my truck, my dog. I cover them all with the blood of Jesus. I saturate the atmosphere in my apartment with the blood of Jesus. The demons don't like the blood, and that's what mm-hmm. destroys the works of the enemy. So I cover everything with the blood of Jesus. I mark my territory with the blood of Jesus. Then what do I do is uh, I don't have any idea who's out there working against me, but I'm sure that there's some witches, warlocks, even Christians who are cursing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And curses are real, folks. That's what do I do? I break them off. I say I break and cut all hexes, vexes, curses, spells, all witchcraft, all hoodoo, all voodoo, all effigies made against me, all word curses, any form of witchcraft, I break and cut it off of me, and I send it back to the original demonic center sevenfold in Jesus' name. Now, anything that was sent against me is now going back, and it's going to fall on that demon that sent it. And if it was a witch or a warlock, uh, they may only get one time to attack me. They may be dead as a result mm. if they were to try it again. I ask God to show mercy and save the lost and save those that would attack me. You know, I don't want anybody to perish, but I don't have to sit here and be a punching bag for the enemy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe God has mercy on people, and he'll show them his fear. And if they want to keep attacking a, a man or woman of God, then they'll do it to their own detriment and disaster. But uh, I break and cut that stuff off. I don't have to keep it. I send mm-hmm. it back. I didn't ask for those curses. Mm-hmm. Also, Satan will come and sow tears in you as you sleep. Maybe uh, somebody asked, tried to ask to project against you. Maybe something was sewed in through your dream state. Maybe I had a chink in my armor, and now I've got to get cleaned up in the morning. So I just break and cut any witchcraft that was sewed into me as I dreamed, and I send it back to where it came from in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's what I do. And, uh, you know, I'll do this every day. I also bind any uh, demons that have been sent against me to attack me away from me, and I send them back to where they came from in Jesus' name. And so I'll do that multiple times a day, and that pretty much takes care of any curses that are being sent against me. You know, I'm, I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. I also will loose the angels of God. So I use those keys, and mm-hmm. I say, Father God, I just loose warrior angels of God right now to come down with large flaming swords and just stand guard over my kids, because I have kids in other parts of the world. My son and my daughter, they don't live with me. They're, you know, one's grown, and the other's with his mother. So I can't be with them every day to physically protect them. I loose the warrior angels of God to go stand guard over them. I loose them to stand guard over me. Uh, one time I had uh, I had a U-Haul packed, and I was in a bad part of town, and I had to park it overnight. And uh, I didn't have any place to to shelter it. I knew that anybody could break in there, and it would be all she wrote. They would steal what I had in that U-Haul as I was getting ready to hit the road the next day. Mm-hmm. I used my faith, and I loose the angels of God to go stand guard over that thing. Got out there the next morning, there was not anything touched. Mm, we can you. have that kind of faith, and we that's part of the uh, that's part of the privileges of being a believer. Mm-hmm. And when you know how to do this, the witches and warlocks, they'll think twice about attacking you. Mm-hmm. What they'll do is they won't bother you. They'll go to an easier target. And if one was full enough to try to attack you, and those demons are going back now to attack them, a lot of them don't live mm-hmm. to make that same mistake a second time. That's why... We've learned that the real smart witches, what they'll do is they'll scan you first. They'll astral project. They'll come down there to see if you've got uh, a chink in your armor and to see if it's worthwhile for them to attack you because they know <laughs> a Christian knows how to do spiritual warfare. They're going to be toast. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We even knew one warlock that would hire sorcerers. He would outsource mm-hmm. someone to do the cursing because he knew if the curse was coming back, somebody could die, and he didn't want to get hit himself. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, it's in God's hand what happens to those witches and warlocks, but mm-hmm. you know what? They they mean business, and they send can- curses of cancer. They mm-hmm. kill people if they can, and that's why you got to stay covered in the blood of Jesus. you got to stay suited up in your armor, mm-hmm. and, of course, you got to use the word of God. Mm-hmm. So you get in there and you speak the word of God. It doesn't go out void. You know, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. You know, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengtheneth me. You know, just keep rattling the word of God. Use it against the enemy. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. It's just some of the things that I've learned, and I've been in it a very short time. But uh, you know what? Since I've taken that uh, proactive mode, I have not uh, had any fear of what the enemy can do to me. I actually go and engage witches and warlocks. I've went up against a number of them on YouTube. I've even prayed against some Lori Cabot in uh, Massachusetts. Now, you know what? I, I believe we've got to take the territory back, and that means taking the offensive. We bind and cage these foul spirits and these witches and mm-hmm. warlocks. I won't cast them out, but I can bind and cage them operating them. I can cover them with the blood of Jesus, command any curses that they hurl out to bounce back and hit them in Jesus' name. And you know what? If You don't need to fear anything but to fear the Lord. Now, mm-hmm. I, I will temper what I just said with what John said, and it's true, and that is this is, of course, if you're walking mm-hmm. um, in righteousness before the Lord, you can't be in any open sin and expect to, uh, <laughs> That's true. Expect to survive very long in the battle. I can't you know, uh, speak Jesus Christ in one breath and go out and have a, a drink and fornicate and uh, do drugs and lie and cheat and steal. And mm-hmm. expect to have any uh, protection? No, it won't happen. Those angels won't be there to protect you. You got to be exactly. walking in the Lord, uh, obeying His commandments. Be quick to repent of your sin, mm-hmm. and you know, stand on the promises of God. And you can, you know, you can persevere. So, you know, I find out that a lot of people get deliverance as they help other people to get deliverance. And I don't think you ever get to the point where you don't need any more deliverance. You just keep getting more and more territory back, but you continue to seek deliverance. Uh, and, you know, a person who won't go and pray, like John said, there's an issue there. That's really a spirit of pride because we're all yeah. going to get contaminated just being in this world, you know? That's right. That's right. And in fact, I had an attack come against my arm this morning. I woke up this morning, and I had numbness in the arm. And I, I figured I must have slept on it wrong and, you know, cut the circulation off. Well, I got up and walked around, and it didn't come back as fast as I wanted it to. I still had some burning and some tingling going on. And I said, you know what, I may be under demonic attack. So what did I do? I just did what I told you. I broke those curses that may have been sent against me the night before. And ultimately, I had to have a brother pray for me. And that's what you know you do. You get brothers and sisters to pray for you. Sometimes you can't do self-deliverance. You're going to need others to pray for you. You know, mm-hmm. if there's a demonic spirit that's come inside, cast them out in Jesus' name. But, you know, that's what the whole ministry is about, helping one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then getting back up and moving forward. We don't need to fear the enemy. We just need to fear the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father. Amen. I hope that can help you a little bit, and uh, and of course, uh, get all the books you can on deliverance okay. uh, from from the people who have been there and done it and survived to tell the story. And I can't think of any uh, better testimonies than those, such as Win Worley, Derek Prince, H. A. Maxwell White. Um, there's a book called War on the Saints that you can get from uh, Goppy Bible Book Room. Mm-hmm. John, you have that in stock, don't you? Yeah, we have the uh, the unabridged edition. Uh, and uh, as well as uh, as even the 
the uh, the index that goes with it that's really really helpful and saves you a lot of time. Since you send me your email, are you on uh, you're on the internet. Y- yes, it's um um Roslyn R O S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, as I speak, my uh, my pen Roslyn, is. Uh, um, Roslyn, you email give me your email. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's Roslyn R O S. A L Y N. Gotcha. Uh, Jennings J E N N I N G S at yahoo dot com. Oh, excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rosalind Jennings at yahoo dot com. Rosalind, right, that, uh, uh, that he's got called Warn the Saints. Do you know that was written by a great woman of God, Jesse Penn Lewis? Mm. One of the Amen. great warfare prayer uh, warfare books of all time. Is that not right, John? Yeah, I think uh, when Pastor Worley first started, it was probably the only book out there mm-hmm. and available. And uh, I think he ended up reading it like you know once a year for uh, I think he read it about eight times or nine times. And and uh, thank God, uh, as the Holy Spirit worked on other people's hearts and Pastor Worley's heart, more books and, and materials came out. But I'll tell you, when he first started, that was the only thing out there. And it was uh, came out of the Welsh Revival, and a fellow named Evan Roberts uh, told uh, his story to Jesse Penn Lewis, and she penned uh, essentially how the enemy infiltrated the uh, the 50-year Welsh revival uh, that went on in Wales, and uh, the enemy ended up uh, sending false spiritual gifts, false prophecies, all kinds of things, passivity, just to shut down what the Holy Spirit was doing. So it's an excellent book. Brother Shannon's right. But if you need anything, I'll uh, I'll email you a note, and we can uh, be delighted to send you... Um, an agape Bible bookroom list, and even uh, answer any questions you may have with respect okay. to s- some things on it. But, sister, let's uh, let's pray for you. Is there any particular area that uh, you're needing prayer in? Um, I've been attacking my finances. Okay. I just I just feel like I'm in the wilderness. Yep. And I know God hasn't forgotten about me, but it feels like that. And then I just want to pray for the three prisons that my brothers are in: Coleman, Florida. Uh, prison in Madison, Florida, and the one in California, pray for uh, salvation and deliverance in those prisons. Not, not only for them, for the inmates and the, you know, correcting officers and war. And I want to pray for everyone in that those prisons get the deliverance, not just my three brothers. Amen, amen. But, but I know you can't cast out nobody else's demons, so you cast your own demons. I know um, <laughs> there's more areas. I'm not. I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm not one of those leaders. I feel we all need deliverance as a leader, and we really, really need to get more involved. That's why I thank God for both of you and others that standing up for deliverance because we need more within ourselves and be more to teach and train people to be set free. Amen. And, and before we pray, Rosalind, also just uh, uh, put a, uh, a suggestion out there to you. Uh, Rosalind does a radio show, Pastor John, and um, she's invited me to come on. I'll be glad to come on any time. But I'd also like to consider uh, getting Brother Gogan on and have him preach. Yeah, uh, I would love as many as possible to come on. Contact him, Rosalind, at uh, pjservant at aol.com, and I'm sure he can come on and accommodate. Okay. I, I appreciate that. A great really uh, blessing to your audience over there. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Amen. Well, let's uh, let's lift this up in prayer, and also, uh, of course, we, as you mentioned, uh, as I mean, I had mentioned earlier, uh, Agape Bible Church has a spring uh, deliverance conference coming up the uh, weekend of the 25th of March. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just encourage you, Sister Rosalind, to clear the deck and okay. see if we can uh, get you out here, get you some prayer, get you some help, and. I'll okay. tell you, it's a great time to rub shoulders with people and uh, and also to, to learn warfare. If you really want to learn warfare, I'll tell you, it is uh, it is a, a tremendous time to, to do that because you, you, you really see uh, what works, you see what doesn't work in a lot of these uh, ministries out there. And, you know, it's sad, but people uh, have told me over the years, you know, they've gone to these churches that, that, that have deliverance on the outside signs or they advertise deliverance as a part of their ministry and and it's so sad because it's usually phony baloney deliverance That's true. That's and true. That's uh or true. just so it's and it's or it's so watered down that it's not mm-hmm. even uh, not even real and uh so you you've come to the right place and I praise God the Holy Spirit for uh, intersecting uh us together and uh Thank God! Uh, thank God for your life. Well, let's pray, Father. As we come to you, uh, Father, Sister Rosalind has really uh, outlined some things, and and Father, as she is concerned about her uh, brothers, three brothers in these three different prisons in Florida and California, we just loose your angels right now to go battle for the brethren there. And Father, as I'm reminded of my good friend Reverend Bess. Uh, down in Virginia, who has brought literally deliverance materials from Agape Bible Bookroom into the prisons, and how he has actually prayed deliverance, as I have in prison ministry, but he's really uh, doing some damage to the enemy down there. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will usher in the full gospel to the brethren there. Father, they're hurting, and they're, they've been invalidated, and they've been been told that that their lives are not worth anything and that that they're all used up and people have have done that for years and and they fall into agreement with that so we just break these self-inflicted curses authority inflicted curses uh witchcraft curses every other curse that's coming against these precious brothers and even those uh, even others father we, we again we just loose myriads and myriads of uh, spirits of deliverance and knowledge, revelation, and understanding, and the seven spirits of God and power, love, and a sound mind. And Father, especially as this uh, behemoth of Islam and all the demons of Allah have taken over so many of these prisons, we bind these spirits and we just pray that your angels will continually, perpetually battle uh, for the souls, for the lives, for the people uh, who are there. And we bind all these wicked homosexual spirits that seem to just take over the men and uh, and, and uh, just have them lusting one for the other. We bind these spirits. Father, we pray that you'd help the saints there. We pray for salvations. And toward this end, we loosen to these people who are unsaved, salvation, adoption, conviction, contrite, humility, brokenness, and repentant spirits. And we ask God the Holy Spirit again to reach down and touch the hearts and lives of those who are so desperate and so needy 
And, uh, Father, we bind these lying spirits and deceiving spirits that tell them that some of them are born homosexual. There's no one born homosexual. And, Father, your word says that God made them male and female. And, Father, we know that you made us that through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, toward this end, we just lift up our sister. We pray that you will continue to use uh, her as she uh, is in accord with your word and the authorities that you have given her in Christ Jesus. And, Father, as she ministers, uh, uh, particularly to women and children, uh, which she's authorized to do in the Word. We pray that you will just undergird her, strengthen her in the inner uh, man and in in the new nature. And, Father, we just cut off all uh, curses and vexes and hexes and spells and jinxes and psychic prayers and prayers amiss and prayers to saints and thought projections and psychic powers and Kabbalah, voodoo, obia, and African juju and whatever uh, curses coming against her finances. We break, shatter, smash, and destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we just pray that, Holy Spirit, you'll just hold her hand and show her any areas of her life, any sins of the fathers, any curses that are generational and family line that are coming against her finances so that she can begin to realize the blessings and the prosperity uh, and uh, these areas that she's so uh, so desiring so she can use uh, them to reach uh, the lost, the bond, and the afflicted. Father, cover us with the blood of Jesus tonight, all those listening, and we ask these things in his almighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. amen. Yes, Father Thank God, so I just lift up Thank and agree with Pastor <laughs> praise. We loose the warrior angels of God to stand guard around her and her brothers. I ask God that you loose angels right now to create favor with the, the parole board that her brothers would get early parole. And I ask God that you would soften their hearts and bring them to you, send the Holy Spirit to draw them, Lord Jesus. And I loose angels to create favor for Rosalind to open new doors for new finances to come in, new doors of opportunity. And I ask you bless her radio program. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, Amen, amen, amen. Rosalind? Yes. Thank you for coming in. Sure, God bless you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to our next caller, 618, area code 618. You're on the air. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you for holding, sir. Sure. Uh, I got a question. Uh, you, you were talking about uh, uh, sending curses back and um, and the possibility of somebody getting killed from those. Um, and I was wondering, uh, the verses of thou shalt not kill and bless those who uh, curse you, how, how those would play in that. Well, let me, uh, I'll let uh, John, he'll give, you a, he'll give you a verse, but let me just uh, qualify okay. what I was talking about. Let me yes. put it like this. Let's say uh, someone has sent you a box with a coral snake in it. Yes. It arrives at the mailbox. Are you obligated to go open that box Stick your hand in and die because if you get bit by a coral snake, you're going to die. Yes. You know, number one, you didn't ask for someone to send you that, did you? No. Sure and number did. two, you're not required to open it up. So, would it be wrong for you <laughs> to take and stamp return to sender and mail it back to where it came from? Knowing that it would kill somebody, I think that it would be. Well, you're not obligated, in other words, to take that curse. Now, Curses are very right. real. Oh, yes, I understand, they, yes. They have power, and when they're uttered, they, they go out there and have to, uh, the demon, you know, will, will try to bring it about. Now, if you're a child of God, you don't have to sit there and take that. What I do, 
and your blade can you cut it back, send it back to the original demonic center. So really, where it's going to go, it's going to go back on the demon. When I say right. original and demonic that center, I have, yes, okay, it's going to go I have back. No problem with that, yeah. And the demons are going to get very angry. And I'm just going to tell you straight up: yeah. as a witcher warlock, they're probably going to get a pretty hard beating. Um, right. And of course, you know. I bless my enemies, and the greatest blessing you can give them is that the Lord Jesus Christ will become their Savior, and the Father will draw them with the Holy Spirit into salvation, into the kingdom. But you don't have to sit there and take that curse of cancer. There are curses of cancer, of leukemia. We know people that had spirits come, and they brought in leukemia with them. It wasn't right that they had to succumb to that, so... Number one, I don't I don't take anything like that. I break and send it back to the original demonic sender. You know, the word's very clear. Suffer not a witch to live. Now, that comes out of the mouth of God. Yep. But that's between God. That's for God to decide. I'm not trying to kill anybody. But I, I do say that we, we know of situations where witches have cursed the people of God. And when that thing went back, they had a heart attack and they died. Now, that was up to God. You know, God holds their heartbeat. Okay. Uh, but I just I merely use that to illustrate a point. It's very dangerous right. to curse to curse people, and if you know how to do spiritual warfare and defend yourself, then uh, they can suffer some pretty terrible consequences. So the moral of the story is, people shouldn't be out there sending curses out because they do kill, and uh, <laughs> just like you don't want to be uh, taking a BB gun and shooting a metal wall, you can ricochet and hit you in the eye. I've had that happen to me. Right. <laughs> You'll be very sure you're shooting again. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the tenth commandment, let me get let me uh, clear something on there. Um, the word of God says uh, ten commandments. It, the the real translation of that is thou shalt not murder. Right. It's not thou shalt not kill because uh, God had throughout all of history had people go out there and kill. Yes. Okay. Now they were defending themselves. They were destroying the army. They were carrying out the um, the commandment of God, and uh, there's a difference between kill and murder. If uh, you're at home and someone comes in there, breaks in in the wee hours of the morning, got a knife, and uh, their plan is to rape your daughter, rape your wife, and cut your head off, okay, you have a right to defend yourself. And if, yes. in self-defense, you kill them, you know, you didn't ask them to break into your house, number one. Right. They came in there to rob, kill, and steal. But you have a right and responsibility to defend you and your family. So what you did was not uh, cold-blooded murder. You had to do what was necessary to defend yourself. When our soldiers went over to Vietnam in World War II and World War One, and, you know, they had to uh, engage the enemy, you know, they were doing their job. Yes, sir. Uh, I, 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 I differentiate between the word kill and murder. Murder would be... Yes, and so do I. Thug, you know, he he wants to take what you got, and he'll take your life to get it. Yes. So, you know, the, really the translation there is, thou shalt not murder. You know, Cain murdered Abel. Yes. Why? Because he was jealous of his brother. Brother offered a bloodless, you know, offered a, a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. Cain offered a bloodless sacrifice. Uh, I differentiate there between murder and kill. So I'm not out here to see the witches and warlocks die. I want to see their souls saved. But... Uh, the question of the caller was, what do you do to defend yourself? Because I will tell you, there are people out there, brother, that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, they want to take your head. The Muslims, for example. Right. The Koran says that they have to, 
either convert or kill the people of the book, and that includes Christians and Jews. They're talking about the Bible. You're either going to submit, and that's what Islam means, or they're going to take your head. Now, if they're, they believe what the Koran says, ultimately they've got to do that. And they're doing it in other countries right now. There was someone that was proselytizing the Muslims, and um, they're being sentenced to jail in Iran, and there was an uproar because they weren't put to death, but someone interceded on them on an international scale. Otherwise, they would have had their head cut off. You're going to Indonesia right now and try to preach the gospel. There's some places that will take your head off. There are people that mean to kill you for the gospel. Uh, the witches and warlocks, they pray against pastors every night at 6 p.m., we've been told. They send curses. They send cancer. They, they curse churches. They, uh, they do everything they can to try to, to kill people because they don't like the work of God. And you don't have to sit there and, and take these shots. I'm saying that spiritual warfare is very real, and there are casualties. And you need to learn how to defend yourself, and um, you can do that. And, again, my recommendation is they don't need to be cursing to begin with. But in terms of (laughs) – what's your take on that, Brother John? I think you summed up uh, in short what, uh, you know, most of my position is. And, Brother, I agree that – uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who despitefully use you. And, yeah. you know, Paul says, uh, again, he repeats it, bless and do not curse. And I believe, uh, again, that that is uh, that's talking about other human beings. So, you know, Brother Shannon and I and uh, others like us uh, just uh, kind of uh, take into account Ephesians 6, uh, 10 and following. So we know our ultimate enemy is you know, are the demons who are within people, and that's what we go after. They, we, I return every curse a hundred thousand fold on the heads of the sending demons. Right. Right. So good, so uh, good listening, okay. and uh, yeah, brother, thank you for doing such a good job of uh, listening uh, and scrutinizing and comparing scripture yep. with scripture. And Berean Christians are exactly uh, uh, the best Christians. I talked to a brother uh, caller. He's a deliverance minister in uh, overseas, and he woke up one day and had a mini-stroke. Of course, he's a long-time veteran in the deliverance ministry, and come to find out that uh, in the country he lives, there's a lot of witches and warlocks, especially in the government of this particular nation, that are praying against him and his church. And what happened is they sent some demonic spirits out, and he got hit with a witchcraft attack, almost died. Wow. So it's not fair that he's there and has to live with that. So if he's smart, what he'll do is break it and send it back to the the demon that sent it. And it's up to God what happens. But there is a warning out there to those that would send curses. It can cost you your life. Yeah, I'm in the deliverance ministry myself. And uh, about, I'd say, two years ago, I had uh, brought a woman up to uh, one of our ministers in she had given me a, uh, her her cell phone, which had some minutes on it. She she thought she didn't need it no more, and the yes, Lord sir. told me don't use it. And, uh, and and I tried to pick it up a couple different times. I didn't throw it away, but I ended up using it. And the, that very night, I went into the hospital was on life support for four days. There was wow. a curse on the phone. Wow, yeah. brother. I mean, we know of stories where um, we know I know of a lady whose father was a warlock. Her parents divorced. And the husband, her father, was um, disgruntled that the wife had left him, and he would attach demons to letters. Now, don't freak out when I tell you this. He would meld them with the curses on them, and 
the young girl would cringe every time her mother would go to put her hand in the mailbox because things would start crawling up her arms. You know, these wow. demons are real. Yep. And, of course, yep. I don't think her mother was blood-washed and uh, living for the Lord, so she was, old, you know, very vulnerable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, demons are real. Yep. Blood sacrifices are real. You know, babies are sacrificed to send, you know, demons out. You know, demons want blood sacrifice and worship, and many times that's how they're conjured and sent forth. So there's an occult room out there, which means to kill you if they can. Yep. So we've got to be on guard against the wiles of the devil and use everything that the Lord has given us to protect ours and the ones we love, you know? Yep, Amen. definitely. I hope that answered Again, your question. thank you. Yes, it did. God bless Thank you, you very much. God bless. God bless. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. And you know, John, there was uh, there's an actual verse in Psalms. I just couldn't remember. I don't know if uh, it would come to you. It talks about, uh, it talks about the returning of uh, curses. I heard someone quote it the other day, but I just don't have it handy. I think it's Psalm 139, yeah. Was that it? I'm going to look that up. uh, Well, folks, uh, we're coming up to the end of the show. We may have one more caller here. Let's see. I'm not sure. Um, Looking for Monkey Girl. Are you there? I see a a Skype caller named Monkey Girl. I'm not sure if you're just listening or you wanted to talk, but um, are you there? Okay. Well, what happens, uh, I want to tell everybody uh, for posterity's sake, who's going to be listening on the MP3, uh, we found a new um, um, we found a new feature of the program, and that is uh, if you're living overseas, and a lot of you are tuning in from places like Australia. We've got people writing in from Netherlands, the UK, uh, across the world, and you want to call in for prayer, but don't have uh, the long distance to call over. What you can do is you can Skype me. Because I call in via Skype. Mine's Omega Man Radio. Skype to Skype is free. And if you ring me, I can just patch you right in. So it won't cost either of us a dime, and that will give you an opportunity to get prayer. So just want to let people know that that option is available. Wherever you may be, if you've got Skype, Skype me at Omega Man Radio, and I'll patch you right in live on the air. Well, uh, John, we're at the uh, the end of the program. Would, uh, would you close in prayer and then also give out your contact information one more time, please? Amen. Would love to. And especially anyone listening to the archive, please, by all means, uh, we're here to help. And whatever we can do to uh, help you in the full gospel, salvation, deliverance, and healing, complemented with all the genuine spiritual gifts, we're, we're here to do that for you. Um, the information as far as the church, if you'd like to call me at Agape Bible Church, here in East Aurora, New York, and uh, we actually had a gal come up uh, from off of Omega Man Radio all the way from Columbus, Ohio, and Brother Shannon, and oh, five, five hours south, southwest of us. So uh, she was happy because she said, "I'm traveling. I'll travel six hours to get somewhere." I said, "Well, we're within that because uh, we're three hours from Cleveland, exactly." So uh, she says, "I'm two hours from." from Cleveland south of there, so I said, well, you're within five hours, get up here, come on up on a Saturday so you're not exhausted, uh, get a good night's rest, and uh, sure enough, when she got here, uh, she was immediately attacked, you know, the enemy was uh, already causing anxiety and all kinds of things, because he knew his his, uh, his gig was up, and uh, Sunday she came for the entire service, 
We were fasting that Sunday uh, for my Richmond meetings, and uh, as part of our church-wide Sunday prayer and fasting, she even stayed uh, for the meal with her daughter and ended up uh, uh, leaving at the very tail end, uh, which was, I think, like 7 o'clock at night. Uh, so I just appreciate uh, everything that God is doing through Omega Man Radio and uh, and and uh, additional. But uh, you can call us at 716-655-5008 at the church office. Email me personally with any questions or anything we can help you with at PJServant. That's my personal email address, PJServant, S-E-R-V-A-N-T, PJ as in Pastor John, servant as in servant of the Lord, PJ Servant at AOL.com, and you can hit our website at agapebible.org and even get some free downloads, and you're welcome to uh, take advantage of those and get some more help as well. If you want anything from the book room, Agape Bible book room, just flag us and we'll be glad to send you a... Uh, free of charge, not only the Agape Bible Bookroom list, but also we uh, send out customarily a free CD of a radio interview I did many, many years ago here in the Buffalo area, in Buffalo City, and um, back in 93, so would love to uh, to hear from you. But Brother Shannon, it's always a pleasure to be on the air. Thanks for allowing me to be your guest, and uh, praise the Lord. Amen, brother. Uh, well, Brother, God bless you for coming on tonight, and uh, would encourage everybody to go out there and support the ministry of Agape Bible Fellowship. And we'll see you again next week, brother. Amen. Love you in the Lord. Bye. God bless you. Folks, uh, appreciate you uh, tuning in tonight uh, or listening on the MP3 stream. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to have Pastor James Mobley on. Uh, looking forward to uh, Pastor James coming on, bringing a word from the Lord. We'll be having open lines, of course. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have John Kyle from Montana. Friday, Pastor Mike Thier. Saturday, we have double shows, Benjamin Brook at 6 and Pastor Charlie Costello at 8 p.m. And uh, if you uh, need prayer but uh, are unable or unwilling to call in during a live show, contact me and uh, give me your phone number, and we'll be glad to call and uh, pray for you wherever you may be in the world. Are you being attacked, tormented, harassed, or hindered? If you answered yes, then it's time to get set free of your demons by the power of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Contact us and a team of ministers will call you anywhere you live worldwide and cast out the demons in Jesus Christ's name. Send us an email to omegamanradio at yahoo.com and include your address, phone number, and Skype address if you have one, and we will phone you inside 72 hours. Spread the word that Jesus Christ sets the captives free.